Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Backyard Milf by Publius 68 Chapter 01 Are you ready yet, Colleen? My father shouted up the stairs. He and I were standing together in our bathing suits and Isids by the front door, waiting to head out to the party. The door to my parents' bedroom banged open, and my mom stepped out, wearing tight khaki capris and a loose, flowing blue blouse. I assumed she had a bathing suit on underneath, in case she wanted to do more than just stand around the pool later. I told you two five minutes ago that I would be ready in five minutes, she said, her voice good-naturedly cross. Just keep your pants on, Larry, she added to Dad as she bounced down the stairs. Unless, she added as she reached us at the bottom. You don't want to. With that she wrapped her arms around him and kissed him, a kiss that escalated rapidly to where she actually lifted a leg and wrapped it around the back of his. For crying out loud, you too. I groaned. Get a freaking room. Watching my parents make out in front of me was always an eight, or even a nine on my personal Ictor scale. And since I'd moved back in, they had steadily been doing it more and more. The only way it could have been worse would have been if I'd walked in on them doing it. A fate I had so far avoided. They broke apart with minimal but genuine reluctance. My mother smirked at me. We have a room, Michael. In fact, we have a whole house. Yeah, my dad added, looking me up and down. Unfortunately, it is infested. Okay, let me give you some context. Yes, I had just turned 24, yet was again living in my childhood bedroom upstairs in my parents' house. That technically made me a boomerang, but please. It really was temporary, and I had a defined exit date. I was already leaving, but they were reinforcing that fact at almost every opportunity. It is completely natural for all mammals to try to drive their grown kids from the nest. Most parents do it by being total jerks. Mine seemed to have settled upon being grossly amorous in front of me. I was moving back out at the end of the summer, and all of us knew that. Did they have to give me the push anyway? To be fair, maybe they had just gotten used to my being gone from home for the last six years and had gotten in the habit of making out whenever they wanted. Maybe they had always been this horny, back when I was growing up, but had hit it better? Eesh. No need to have the house tented, old man. I growled back. On September 5th, I fly off to Emory to get my MBA so I can become insanely rich and afford to put you in a home. This home will do for me. My father chuckled. Or at least it will again once I get rid of you and I can bend your mother over the back of that couch whenever I want to. Yeah, they were doing it deliberately. Larry! Mom shrieked. At least she has some decorum, I thought thankfully. I told you. She went on, walking to the couch in question and shaking it. This old thing is breaking down. It wouldn't take the pounding. Buy me a new one. September 5th could not get here fast enough. Are we going? I ground out. I am flattered to be included on the senior circuit this summer, 
and would like to get over there and start being charming to all the nice people who felt I should be included. My parents have lived most of my life in a very stable and established neighborhood one with an active, organized social scene. Since before we moved there, there had always been a monthly backyard family party, the hosting of which rotated among most everybody, especially the families, about half, who had pools. With less than 30 homes in our T-shaped little development, a few of which were non-participants, that meant that each resident only had to host about once every two years. The parties were loud, boisterous, and always full of little kids running around everywhere underfoot. As a kid, they were always the highlights of my life. As a teenager, and much too cool for things like that, they were still a highlight. But about seven years ago, a number of households formed a second progressive party, the sardonically named Senior Circuit. It was also a monthly series of parties, but restricted to adult residents. The senior circuit parties were just as loud, went later into the evening, and were much more relaxed because there was no worrying about setting a good example for the kids. They were smaller too, as the only people who chose to attend either had no kids, no kids at home, or were happy to send the ones they had off to some other neighborhood for the night dot, or, so I had been told. This would be my first time actually attending a senior circuit event. Since I was technically a resident again, an informal vote of the neighborhood had been taken and I was declared welcome. I was only the second offspring to get such an invite. Danielle Thompson had been living at home, involuntarily, last summer, and had been the first to enjoy the honor. She had managed to finally move back out on her own last winter, and so would not be there this evening. This was what was known as a shame. I had mooned over her from afar through most of high school. Earl Roberts and Dale Torrance had also been eligible at one time or another, but neither had been invited, on the basis of their both being running sores on humanity. My dad told me that Dale's own parents had been the ones to blackball him. My mom led us out the front door to the sidewalk for the long walk to next door. Hey, mom, I exclaimed. Are you wearing a bikini under there? It was pretty obvious from the outline under her clothes from behind. I am, my mother said over her shoulder as she turned onto Christie's front walk. Do you not like bikinis? I like bikinis. I like bikinis quite a lot, in fact. I was worried about the entire bikini experience being ruined forever by seeing my mom in one. Or maybe I am too old for a bikini? My mother went on dangerously. I what, hey? I protested. Since moving back in, I had already made mom mad once, and it had resulted in me doing laundry for her and dad, in addition to myself, that entire week. Mom laughed. Get ready, we all take the opportunity to dress like adults, not moms and dads. Yeah, my father added, piling on. Didn't we tell you? The senior circuit is totally a swinger event. My mom shrieked at dad and swatted him. Have some mercy on the boy, Lar. It is not a swinger party, darling. She reassured me merrily. Yes, it is, my father insisted. As the new guy, you get Grace. He said to me that I knew he was joking, but I still quailed. Grace Thompson is one of my favorite neighbors and was a full-sized candy bar stop every Halloween. But Mrs. Thompson is not. She has a great personality. Dear God, let me make it through this evening without dying of embarrassment. Please don't embarrass me by bringing this conversation into the party. Mom told Dad firmly. That said, she added with a smile, If it ever does turn into a thing, I call dibs on Scott. Scott West was 6'4 and had to buy his shoes where the Miami Heat players bought theirs. You would, my father scoffed. Okay, then I call Mimi. Really? I would not have put Mimi Taylor in so much as the top five in the neighborhood. Why was I gaming out this situation? 
I asked myself desperately, resolutely ignoring their joking, please let it be joking, I marched forward and let the three of us in the front door. I heard some noises from the kitchen, but we went straight through to the backyard. As I stepped outside, my mortification at my parents' antics was replaced by simple uncertainty at my place in the universe. I was younger than the next youngest person there by five years, and younger than most by twenty or more. Urchin arriving! Dad called out to the crowd. We had arrived later than I had thought, and most people were already there. My father's announcement of my presence did nothing to ease my sense of not belonging. To the urchin in our midst, called out Scott West and Damon Young, who were guarding the beer keg, raising solo cups in my direction. The party could not have been going on that long, so I guess those two at least had been pre-gaming a bit. Scott wasn't even wearing a shirt. The dude clearly used his gym membership to the fullest. I'm in shape, but yeesh. I could see why mom would. I was going to be brain damaged by the time I got to Emery. I issued pulling a beer, and instead helped myself to a fairly strong jack and coke from the table by the door. Hard liquor was another change from what was on offer at the main parties of my youth. I took my drink, escaped my parents, and moved around the gathering, saying hello to as many people as I could. I was trying to show that I deserved the trust they put in me by effectively accepting me as one of them. It was easier said than done, though. The last time I had spent any real time with any of them, I was still very definitely a teenager. In my mind, it was they who were the adults, not me. Now, almost every time I called one of them Mr. or Mrs., I was scolded to call them by their first name. Yet, the few times I remembered to try their first name right off the bat, the person always looked caught off guard by my attempt. There you are, Reggie. I heard a voice behind me. I must have been stuck in the kitchen when you arrived. Welcome to the senior circuit. I turned around to see our host for the day, Christy Devereaux. No, Christy Gaines. She and her husband will had divorced during my senior year of college. My parents' prediction about everyone dressing differently at this event from what I was used to at the main parties was certainly correct. I had never seen an adult woman wear a bikini at a single one of the events I'd been to as a kid. But more than half of the women at this party were evidently wearing bikinis, and several were wearing nothing but already. Mrs. Grimes, Mimi Taylor, and a woman who must have moved into the neighborhood since I left for college were already standing in the pool, chatting and holding nearly full solo cups of rose. Seeing Mrs. Taylor, Mimi in a bikini instead of her usual mom's sweats went a long way toward explaining my father's appreciation. Christy, it was easier to call her by her first name than most people there since she was only 35 was not among the bikini-clad. This was what I suddenly considered to be a big fat crying shame. She instead wore a red one-piece speedo in a practical, full-coverage design, and a pair of ratty, khaki cargo shorts over it. Still, modest bathing suit-clad Christy meant I was seeing much more Christy than I ever had before, and that was a profoundly good thing. I'd known that she was a babe since she and Will had bought the house next door when I was only 18. Knowing something and appreciating it are two different things. I was suddenly appreciating Christy much more than ever before. Hey, Christy, I said eagerly. You are doing a great job with tonight. Thanks, but these things pretty much run themselves, she demurred. I just ordered ice to be delivered, got the neighbors with the best coolers to bring them over earlier, and spent the last half hour organizing the food everyone brought. She grinned. That, and I spent the last two days scrubbing everything from the blinds to the floors. She added out a sudden image on her on her hands and knees, scrubbing the floor, flashed through my mind. After the thoughts I had been avoiding regarding my parents' antics, thinking about this older neighbor covered in suds and kneeling seemed positively wholesome. Well, uh, well done, I said. 
Where is Libby? I went on. Christie's daughter was eleven. It was unusual for a parent of a kid that age to even join the senior circuit. Rob gets her for two months each summer, she said. I'm footloose and fancy free. Two months? I winced. That is a lot of time, Christy shrugged. I get her for the end of summer, and except for one week in a month I have her all through school. She grinned evilly. I also got the house, and not so incidentally, the neighbors. I'd say I have the better lawyer. I could only nod. Beyond taking your scuzzy ex to the cleaners? I asked, having heard enough backstory from my parents to believe that the divorce had all been on will. What do you do with yourself now? I think you were in marketing back when? That's where I want to end up. I still am, Christy replied. Of sorts. I do production and sales support for one of our UK teams. The good news is, I work from home instead of commuting 50 minutes to the downtown office. The bad news is, my workday starts at 4.30 a.m. The good news is that I am done by 1. The bad news is that I am in bed by 8.30, which does not do wonders for my social life. You are hosting a party that usually goes until midnight, I said slowly. Yes, which is awesome, she said. But the bad news is that I will pay for it tomorrow when I involuntarily wake up at four, no matter how tired I am. As long as you feel like you are in a job that's going somewhere. I mused. She shrugged agreeably. Then, as if to change the subject, Are you having a good time? Christy sounded genuinely concerned. I imagine this is a little awkward, not having anyone your age or at your place in life here. I was pretty afraid of that when I got here. I admitted. But honestly, it has been nice to catch up with people I've known most of my life. Just please don't ask me about what graduate school will be like, or about majoring in art history as an undergrad. I've gone over those subjects with everyone. Noted. Christy smiled. I'd have thought everyone would have been on you about your love life. Not enough to report to get bored with that subject. I said wryly. She just looked at me with a tinge of skepticism that I suddenly found gratifying. I've had my share of dates since I graduated, but nothing that ended up terribly interesting, to my mother's despair. I added, not wanting to sound pathetic. I was not pathetic. I got laid, just not that much, or with any regular partners. So I am left with nothing to make conversation about but whatever you have been doing with yourself professionally since you graduated. Christy said agreeably. I, equally agreeably, explained about my job in production at an ad agency in Tampa. It had been relatively interesting and had paid quite handsomely, letting me live well and still save up a bit for when I went back for my MBA. If you liked it so much and it paid so well, why quit with so much time to go before you started at Emory? Christy asked. She was more perceptive than most when the subject had come up. Because I didn't quit. I laughed, able to do so now that a few weeks had passed. I was a conscientious employee, so I told them I was leaving this fall, and why. I did it that far in advance so that they would have time to find a replacement for me and I could train that person. I expected I was giving them just enough time. Instead, they found a fully qualified girl in four days, who needed no training. I got given two weeks' notice the day she arrived. Assholes, observed Christy. I used stronger language, I replied dryly, shrugging doubt we laughed and talked a bit more, but I did not try to extend the conversation. It wasn't because I didn't enjoy standing with her but I was finding it increasingly hard not to just openly check her out. Once I moved on, I could keep a more subtle eye on her while talking to others. Doubt a few conversations later, I looked her way to discover that she had shucked the shorts and was getting into the pool. 
I considered moving to sit on the edge of the pool and talking to the people milling around inside, including Christy, until I realized that my mother was in the pool now too. And yes, she was indeed wearing a bikini. I instead moved to talk to my father and his buddy. We argued back and forth about whether the dolphins would be dreadful or just merely stink this upcoming season. I positioned myself with my back to the pool, which seemed to suit them both, as it let them both stare in that direction. After I had been there an hour and a half, I was ready to punch out and leave the grown-ups to their fun. I told Dad that I had been summoned by some buddies to drink and make passes at strange girls, and was therefore going to ditch him and the rest of the geezers. Son of a bitch just waved me away, wishing me good hunting. Then he warned me to text in advance if I decided to bring my catch home, so he and Mom wouldn't be tearing up the couch back when we came in. Was it my fault he was standing on the edge of the pool when he said that shit? My only regret is that his full glass of beer went to waste in the water as it entered with him. I left a loud applause from the multitude, most of whom had not heard my dad's words, but knew him well enough to know he had deserved IT. IT had been a good debut, I figured. Asterisk I encountered so much as the mildest of interest from precisely zero girls that night. When I got home, I was mildly drunk and majorly horny. There had been no girls interested me out that night, but that did not mean that there were no interesting girls. Asterisk the following Monday afternoon, I was sitting at the desk in my old room, trying to be productive. I did not say my old desk, because, despite my being an only child, mom is not one of those sentimental types who keeps Junior's room just the way he left it for a decade after he moves out. Nothing much beyond the drywall under the new paint remained from my old room, really. She had even changed the doorknob. But the desk that was in the new guest room was nice, and the chair even nicer. I sat in it, reading a recent book by a professor at Emory whom I expected to have classes with my first year. The book is not required reading, so I considered it to be pre-sucking up. As it happens, I thought it was a pretty good read. My parents, despite living in South Florida, are not air-conditioning fanatics. Most of the time, we live with windows open and the air off. My windows were therefore wide open, and a light breeze made the early afternoon pleasant. I heard a bird call and looked up eagerly. Open windows as a kid, combined with an ornithology class my freshman year in college, had made me into a bird watcher. Several times in recent days, I had heard the loud cry of the small, insanely colorful songbird called the painted bunting coming from the woods behind our cul de sac. Here it was again and close this time dot I grabbed my spotting binoculars and scanned the brush where I thought I had heard the call. A flash of multiple colors, and I saw the bird, or birds actually. There were two. They were very pretty and I followed them as they moved through the scrub for a bit before I lost them dot if they stayed around for a day or so more, I might have to go dig my long lens out of my storage locker and take some pictures. I've read that they used to be a lot more common, but nowadays they are sadly rare. After a few minutes of fruitless scanning, I set my binoculars down and went back to my book, since I was being all serious and productive and shit this afternoon. I had spent the morning getting shot online with Call of Duty. About twenty minutes later, another flicker of movement triggered my attention, but not from the woods. I frowned and sat forward, wondering what had caught my attention. And why house is one of a fan of homes that enclose one end of the cross in the T that is our little development. We all back up to the woods on this end. The wedge-shaped lots putting an angle between each house, instead of them being parallel. Our yards all have privacy fences, as much for insurance purposes as for privacy. When you have a pool, insurance makes you ensure that drunks and kids can't wander in it and drown. Whatever movement I had seen, it had come from the small sliver of Christie's yard that was visible from my room. 
and my room was the only one in our house's second floor that could see even that small part, which mostly was filled with the electric utilities power box and some screening shrubbery. I didn't think it had been the buntings I had seen moving, not there. Puzzled, I set down my book and peered over. The movement happened again. It was just Christy. I had seen her shock of wavy, some bleached blonde hair moving around just beyond the fence. It was past the time of day where she said she was usually working, and apparently she was gardening. I could see nothing else, and was about to go back to my book when I caught another glimpse of the back of her head moving around behind the fence, just at edge of what was in view from my room. I'll admit, I was intrigued. More intrigued than the back of a woman's head should make me. The next time I saw her move, and it was several minutes later, I grabbed my binoculars again. By the time I did, she was gone. Really? I had sat there watching for four minutes, just to see a three-second glimpse of the back of my neighbor's head? I was an idiot.so anyway. Five minutes later, I was still looking through the binocs when I saw her move by again, just a foot or so further back in the yard, enough so that I could see her shoulder briefly.it was bare. Not like bare with a camisole strap or something. Bare. As in clearly not covered with clothing point two seconds, at most, was all I saw. That's it. But it kept me watching through the spotters for half a fucking hour. I'm a birder. I'm patient. I did notice that the quiet hair metal rock I was hearing, how's that for a contradiction in terms, was from her yard. But beyond that, I could perceive no other sign of her. I finally shook my head and got up from the desk. My parents were both gone until late that night, so I took my book and went down to our backyard. We had a nice pool ourselves, and I decided to read in the water for a while. Since I was alone, I passed on dragging out a suit and just stripped, getting into the water naked. I slipped into one of our water chaises and went back to reading, the music from Christie's house a bit louder out here point ten minutes into the next chapter on marketing group studies. I realized that I had a hard-on, right there in the pool. I also realized that I was ten pages into the chapter and all I had been thinking about was my neighbor, eleven years older than me, possibly gardening topless, fewer than twenty yards away from me. The book was obviously a lost cause. I doggered it back at the start of the chapter and tossed it onto the dry pool deck. I lay back in the chaise and thought of Christy, eyes closed and fingers idly stroking my erection. Man, I was suddenly such a creep. I mean, I had seen her hair in a very bare shoulder blade. That's it. And here I was in full horny fantasy mode that I groaned and rolled out of the floating chaise and submerged myself fully. A few short laps and my cock had started behaving itself again. I dragged myself out of the water and went inside to shower and dress again. The erection came back as soon as I went to bed that night. Asterisk the next morning, I rose with my parents and helped my mother make breakfast. After they left for work, dad at his firm and mom to visit various physicians' offices in Miami, I hopped my car to Home Depot for some supplies. I spent the rest of the day trying to annoy my father by being productive in ways he knew he should have been himself that I patched the holes in the drywall that he had made the month before when bringing in mom's new armoire, and I installed a new light bulb in the oven, which was a harder process than it ought to have been. I was just touching up the paint on the drywall repair when both of them got home at almost the same time. Dad was appropriately annoyed at being shown up and not being able, because mom was already there, to say that he knew what I was doing. In response, he cooked dinner, and of course he knocked it out of the park. Mom was giddy, to say the least. But as I went to bed, my satisfaction at showing Dad up, at least for a while, faded away like smoke in the face of those same memories of Christie's bare shoulder blade. Asterisk I awoke early again the next day, and soon realized that even if I were to do something crazy like doing everyone's laundry unprovoked, 
I was now thoroughly obsessed with what might or might not be happening on the other side of that privacy fence in the afternoons. I found myself wandering the backyard, staring at the maddeningly effective wooden barrier of that fence that I was thoroughly obsessed. It was both infuriating and embarrassing. And it wasn't going away. I realized that I had to find a way to see what she was doing in her backyard after work on these sunny, pleasant afternoons. Pleasant for South Florida, that is. If you were from Michigan, you'd say it was a damned inferno each day. I was such a perv, I told myself that I walked along the fence, finding no gaps or not holes, and not feeling like I wanted to make any artificial ones. Cutting a hole seemed like a step too far. Pervs are weird about what lines they will draw, apparently. I pushed open our gate to the narrow wedge between the sides of our houses and looked at the gate right next to it into Christie's backyard that I reached out almost involuntarily and wiggled the handle. It was squeaky, but when I clicked it open, it did not relatch when I let go. I tugged on the handle and to my surprise, the gate moved silently. I was actually shaking as I returned to my own backyard. I hopped in my car and left the house for lunch, still in my swimsuit, figuring that I should just stay out the rest of the afternoon. But I ended up having a simple chipotle burrito and pulling back into our driveway at 1.15. I padded through the empty house and into the backyard. I could hear the same mix of hair metal and stadium rock songs wafting over the fence from next door possibly a little louder today that I ditched my shirt and thought about taking another swim to cool down, but I knew that she was over there in her backyard, gardening or whatever she was doing. If I got in the pool I'd just be obsessed with all sorts outlandish ideas of what she was up to, so close but out of sight, unlike Christie's, our gate was squeaky as hell. I went back through the house and out our front door to avoid that noise. I stepped briskly around the side of the house and found myself hesitating before her gate, going through that gate especially without knocking or announcing myself would be a kind of Rubicon dot I crossed it. And I found to my immediate chagrin that I was reveling in the risk of it all. The gate swung silently open and I slipped through, letting it close again softly. I had thought carefully about how her yard was laid out. The pool and surrounding deck took up most of the center of the yard. But surrounding it was a lovely array of small garden plots, each with a neatly maintained grouping of tropical flora. Most importantly, there was a set of three freestanding trellises coming off the corner of the house, covered in fairly thick bougainvillea that obscured the view of where she kept her trash cans. It would make an excellent vantage point to see unobserved what Christie was doing, and how she was dressed. Would she be floating in her own pool? Would she be kneeling in the dirt, weeding? As long as she wasn't pruning the bougainvillea, I'd be golden. Probably Dada walked forward in a crouch and knelt low behind the trellis far enough back that I judged I would not be in focus if she did happen to look over to that corner of her yard and the colorful purple wall of flowers. I could see her entire backyard from my concealment. There she was. She had the hose in her hand, with a liquid fertilizer attachment on it, feeding first one group of her plants around the pool patio, then another. I panicked for a moment, but I looked at the bougainvillea espaliered in front of me, and saw that it looked freshly wet. I hoped that meant she had already done this side of the yard. It seemed I was right as she moved further away. I could not keep my eyes off her. She wasn't nude or topless of anything, but damn she was fine, and dressed to mesmerize in the most casual way possible. She had on a pair of extremely short cut-off jeans, tight across her sweet, petitely round ass, but visibly loose all the way around her slender waist. The waist was as low as the legs were high, and one back pocket was red and white stripes, while the other was darker blue with white stars, making a flag motif. Above that, she wore a very loose Motley Crue t-shirt with the neckline and sleeves cut away to make for a tank top. Underneath, I could see a colorful bikini top, 
cupping her swaying but firm tits. The bottom of the shirt had also been trimmed away, leaving a good expanse of slender, very toned midriff exposed. Once she finished feeding all her ornamental flora on the far side of her yard, she carefully coiled up her hose and stowed it over there. She bent over in my direction to do so, and even forty-plus feet away, I got a magnificent eyeful of cleavage. How had I not been obsessed with Christy from the moment she moved in next door when I was eighteen and a simple stiff breeze made my horny? I guess it was because she had been married then. Really? Here I was crouching in her bushes, being a full-on peeping Tom, but I drew the line of married women? I was weird that I was also entranced. Christy moved back to the side of the pool and picked up a tall glass of iced tea from the table beside her purse and a huge, folded pool towel. Please let that towel mean she was planning to get in the pool, setting the glass down, she stretched. Her large but not huge breasts thrust outward as she arched her back, and she twisted side to side, tilting first one foot up on its toes, then the other. Even in plain white sneakers with no heels, her legs looked fucking to die for. They were, like the rest of her, wonderfully slender, with just enough delectable flesh to avoid looking skinny, but not an ounce more than that. She was reaching once again for her tea when the song changed and started belting out Motley Crue's girls, girls, girls. A broad smile lit up Christie's wide mouth, lifting her big cheekbones. The nostrils of her sharp, pixie-like nose flared, and her eyes looked off into the distance for a moment. Hey Siri, turn up the volume by three, Christy sang out. The music was now actually loud, and Christy began to dance. This was not some idle swaying, but a full-on sexual display. She wasn't twerking or some shit, either not just bending over and bobbing her ass. No, this was a full-body sexual display, even if purely for her own soul, she thought, gratification. Her arms waved sensuously out to her sides and over her head, while her entire body undulated turning slowly around as she moved. Holy fuck, it could not get better than this. I had hit the jackpot of days to give in to my pervy urge. The frisson of fear that ran through me that I could still easily get caught almost made it better. Almost. I settled myself more into a more stable position while she was turned away, and then Christy grabbed the bottom of her shirt and pulled it slowly, deliberately, up and over her head. It was a practiced, intentionally showy move that would have riveted the attention of any watchers, had there been any, besides me. Her bikini top was no more than two triangles, one blue and white, the other striped in another flag motif. The two triangles were held together with white strings tied behind her back and neck. The mere scraps of fabric covered not much more than fifty percent of her incredible tits. They swayed high and proud in Christie's bikini top, not mashed down like they had been in the one-piece that she had worn to the adult party the prior weekend. Her boobs had looked incredible at the party they obsessed me now. Fortunately, she was still turning in circles as she danced and I could move and adjust the front of my bathing suit without betraying any movement whenever she was facing the other direction. She was three-quarters turned away from me when Christy reached behind her back and tugged slowly, teasingly at the bow holding together the strings of her bikini. She continued to undulate to the music as she pulled and the knot popped free. She was still turning and was facing right at me as the top slid free of her breasts and hung between them. She lifted the bikini top from the front and spun it in her hand before tossing it toward the poolside table as if to someone in an audience that oh my god. Those tits were unearthly. Round and lush, but preternaturally pert and almost gravity-defying, they were deeply tanned all over and surmounted by perfectly round, slightly darker aureoles and sweet, erect nipples. They might be too firm to be believed, but they still bounced, jiggled, and stretched mesmerizingly as she danced and moved her arms. I was so fixated on watching her naked breasts as she danced. 
I missed her unsnapping her shorts and lowering the zipper. I only realized it when she stopped turning, facing only a few degrees away from right at me, and bent forward, pushing them down her legs. They pulled at her ankles. She lifted one foot free, then kicked them upward with her other. She caught them in midair, looked over her shoulder at the table, wigged her ass in that direction, and tossed the tiny shorts onto it. She had no bikini bottom. She had no hair, as far as I could see, and I could see pretty much everywhere, anywhere below her neck. Her skin was smooth, taut, and completely unblemished. She resumed dancing. In a moment, she was facing the house, side on to me, her naked profile a wet dream come to life. Her dance slowed naturally, and she stood with her legs spread and locked straight. With a move naturally in time with the music, she bent at the waist, displaying flexibility equal to her visual perfection. She kept going down until she was bent double at the waist, head straight down, blonde wavy hair dangling toward the ground, and she reached an arm back between her legs, waving in the direction of the pool. The song was almost done, and she straightened, ending her own dancing efforts a few beats before the music. My bent legs were suddenly sore and stiff, and I involuntarily sank one knee to the ground. She had been looking in my direction, though not straight at me. When I shifted that I froze, afraid my movement might have been detectable, even through the tangled bougainvillea. But she did not freeze, or otherwise act startled, so I was okay. I still trembled at how close I had just been to being caught. Even that felt exciting, but not as exciting as the view of Christy naked and glorious. Another song began, equally up-tempo, and she turned, almost skipping back toward the table. Christy touched her purse with one hand but unfortunately grabbed at a corner of her large fluffy white towel with the other. She was going to cover up, suddenly she whirled, moving in a blur. It took me a moment to register what had happened. One moment, she was facing away from me, bending over the table and presenting me with a truly marvelous view, the next, she had whirled in my direction. She had her towel clasped to her front, covering all the most delicious bits and pinned to her body by her upper arms pressing against her torso. She was holding the towel against her with her upper arms instead of using her hands because they were both holding a Walther PK-380 in a very expert grip. She held the gun in my general direction, but down at an angle and slightly off to the side. Her index finger lay firmly along the body of the gun, above but well clear of the trigger. At least she was holding the weapon in a very safe manner. But everything else about the way she held it was lethal and apparently well-schooled. Her right hand curled firmly around her left and her left gripped the Walther with practiced ease. The finger that was nowhere near the trigger could be on it in less than a heartbeat. Her hands were steady as a rock. All this information registered with me in a flash. I was discovering that a gun held competently in your direction accelerates your mental processes remarkably. I recognized the model of weapon that she held because my mother, who spends her days driving through sometimes dodgy Miami neighborhoods with her car full of pharmaceutical samples, has one exactly like it, only in black as opposed to the purple and silver one in Christie's hands. Amazingly, I also could not help, despite the sudden awfulness of the situation, noticing how unbelievably sexy Christie looked standing there. Her legs were set apart, knees bent ever so slightly, with her right foot forward. It was a very stable, effective shooting stance, and the one mom had taught me and dad at the range, once she had been taught it herself. Christie's posture also meant that the towel, which was held precariously under her armpits, dangled down between her legs, leaving her bare waist, hips, and outer thighs clearly visible. If she did lift her arms up to aim and shoot at me, my last sight would be of her completely naked body as the towel slid to the ground. Someone needs to make an action movie poster of that costume-slash-pose combination. 
Time resumed with a crash. Willie! Christy hissed loudly, her voice filled with anger and frustration. You have a restraining order on you, you fuckwit. I bought this gun for you, and believe me, every bullet in it has your name on it. Get. The fuck. Out. Of. Here. Oh shit. She thought I was Will, her ex-husband. Their divorce must have been way, way worse than anyone knew. Don't shoot. I said quietly, still carefully not moving. I'm not Will. A parade of expressions passed over Christie's face, including shock, relief, fresh irritation, embarrassment, blushes, and more relief. Then they all gave way to recognition. Reggie? Christie asked in bewilderment. Then she commanded. Stand up! In dawning horror at my situation, I stood slowly, raising my hands up and out to my sides. I took two steps to my left as I did so, taking me mostly clear of the bougainvillea. She almost sagged in relief as I came into view and she could be sure I wasn't Will. Her whole body relaxed that dangerous tension, and I saw her flick the safety back on and decock the hammer. She released her right hand from her left and instead clutched the towel to her chest with it. She almost turned away toward the table again, but then she realized what that would do to my view of her. She glared at me and stepped backward. Glancing over her shoulder, she slid the gun back away into an unobtrusive carry pocket in her purse without turning away from me. It was a much prettier than average carry bag, and the gun pocket was both hard to even see and obviously really easy to access. I should get one for my mother, if she ever spoke to me again. Yeah, the idea of being caught had been sexy and thrilling when I'd been watching naked Christy dancing around, but the reality of being caught was looking more and more life-destroying. And still, as my understanding of the situation grew more dire, my view just got better. Christie's attention was fully on me, her mind racing just as fast as mine. But her attention to herself was on autopilot. All her brain was absently telling her hand was, keep the good stuff covered. She indeed clutched the towel against her chest, and it indeed draped down the front of her body. But when she had shifted how she held it against herself, the towel had shifted too. The top edge now flopped down over her right hand, which was pressed firmly against her left breast. The meant that much of the top of her right tit was now exposed above where her forearm held up the towel. Further, the towel drooped straight down just beyond her covering hand, affording a really considerable crescent of side boob on her left side. And the drape of the towel narrowed as it flowed down her body too. I could see her nakedness from shoulder to white shoe on her left side, and the view of her right was blocked only by her protective arm. Fuck. Why did she have to be so goddamned hot? It was a vision that I instantly knew would fill my mind for the rest of my life throughout its very bleak future. My parents were going to kill me if they didn't just drop dead first. When this got out, I'd have to move out of the neighborhood instantly. Fuck, my parents would probably have to move out. How long have you been watching me? Christy asked me flatly. Jesus, she was quivering. I was so fucked out I was defeated, and there was no use lying anyway. I came over right as you were finishing your watering. I said. I wanted to hang my head in shame, but my eyes would not let me. Not just now, Christy snapped. How long have you been watching me? Since you came back home? Before that? No, I replied hastily. Today. This was the only time. I just... I trailed off. There were no excuses to offer. One time was bad enough. I felt myself blushing miserably. Really? Christy asked, cocking a knee and, if possible, improving the view. Her voice was suddenly dripping with contempt. Your first time and you get a gun pulled on you? You are a shitty peeing Tom. At least there was a trace of humor in her contempt.
It made me somewhat confident, thanks for small favors, that the gun would not be making a return appearance at least that my brain was racing. She liked mom and dad. Maybe she could be convinced to keep this a secret from the rest of the neighbors, so my parents would not have to move. I would, of course, but maybe not them. Listen, I said hastily, uninterested in defending my peeping Tom's skills. Mom and da. Look, Reggie. Christy interrupted me in a flat voice. This is how it is going to go. No one is going to hear about this. Nobody. And especially not your mother and father. Clear? I mean, I know that you have to tell. Wait, what? I blathered on, before interrupting myself. She wasn't going to ruin my life or my parents's? It is hard enough being the neighborhood divorcee around here as it is, without adding in everyone talking about what I get up to in my own backyard. She snapped at me. And there will be especially no tearful confessions of remorse to your parents, do you hear me? You aren't going to tell on me? I asked like a stupid, confused ten-year-old. I do not need your parents finding out. Christy emphasized again. She held up one finger. You father, that old goat, would be totally jealous of you, and start plotting how to get a look for himself. Dad? No. Okay, maybe, she held up a second finger. And your mother would totally blame me. You. I asked incredulously. She is going to kill me. You have clearly avoided any controversy in your love life. Christy laughed derisively. I certainly had until now. For mothers, it is always the woman's fault, never her beautiful boys. I like Colleen, and want her to keep liking me. She won't kill either of us if you keep your mouth fucking shut. I certainly would, and started by keeping my mouth shut right then. We sort of just stood there, awkwardly, unsure of what to do. Slowly, Christy's eyebrow rose mockingly. I realized that I was still openly staring at the vision she presented. Then I realized that our standoff meant that she was looking back at me. I was wearing nothing but my swim trunks, and she could not have missed a massive, well, I wish I could claim it was massive, erection that was tenting the front of those trunks. Somehow, through all the panic of the gun and the near destruction of my life, her body had kept my erection at full bore. I blushed again. I could feel the warmth of it on my cheeks. So I take it you liked my dance? She asked dryly. why Dick might have been at full roar but my eyes were like a deer in the headlights. I didn't answer. Lying would be pointless. Telling the truth would be dangerous. My cock was answering for me anyway. I have to admit, it had been a long time since I danced like that for anyone besides myself. Christy mused with a tiny grin. Even if I didn't know I was performing, she added tartly. She fidgeted for a moment or two. Her feet shifted nervously as she thought. The end result of all her movements were that her feet ended up further apart, exposing more of her legs beyond the towel, and her hand gripped the towel in a tighter bunch, sliding slightly toward her center. The shift exposed even more of the top of the one breast, and more side boob on the other. The additional exposure was just a sliver here, an inch there, but the fact that the exposure increased at all, instead of disappearing entirely, made my cock twitch. She saw it, of course. She smirked unhappily. Well, at least it is nice to know I still have it at this age. I snorted at that. I couldn't help it, it just happened. Christy looked sharply at me. What is that supposed to mean? Buttering her up with a little honesty probably wouldn't hurt, and was probably also worth the risk. Please, I said, misery still very present in my voice, even though I was trying to be mocking. Still have it? You are the hottest woman I've ever seen naked. I winced. I had not needed to add that last word. Another blush. What am I going to do with you, Reggie? 
she mused forebodingly. I really should not let you get away with this kind of behavior scot-free. If it meant her not telling my parents, I'd do whatever she made me. I foresaw a couple of months' worth of yard work in my future. Christy tapped at her teeth with the index finger of her free hand. Take off the swimsuit. She ordered at last. What? What? I blurted. This did not compute. We will be all out of balance otherwise. She said flatly. You've seen me. Now I need to see you, or we will never be able to act naturally around each other again. You're serious. I said slowly. I was fully aware that this was miles in the opposite direction from the worst way she could be handling this. But to say I was dubious that she was in fact serious was an understatement. I am. Do it, you dirty little voyeur. She said harshly. Turn around and drop those drawers. Turn around? I asked, confused, but turning my back on her anyway. I kept my eyes on her, over my shoulder. I was very uncomfortable letting her, and her purse, out of my sight. Like that, Christy said, the harshness leaving her voice. I want to see your ass first, she added, her voice now distinctly containing a puckish element. Drop M. I fumbled at the drawstring, then pulled the waistband down and free of my erection with some difficulty. I let my trunks fall to the grass and I kicked them free. Now we were both standing there, naked in our sneakers. Hmm, mused Christy. I shot another nervous glance over my shoulder at her and realized that she had taken what seemed like an unconscious step toward me and away from the table. You really should go back to the tighter swimsuits you wore back when you were in college. I used to see them at the big parties. You have a nice ass. Thank you. Now turn around. Her voice was flat again. Nervously, I turned around. My hands wanted to cover myself, but I sensed that would not be approved of. Instead, they just fluttered uncertainly at my side. Well, lucky you, Christy said softly, staring fixedly at my erect cock. I don't know that I'm all that lucky, to be honest. I am circumcised, and when fully erect, as I sure as hell was at that moment, I am a good hair over six inches long. My member is straight as an arrow, if that is what you want, and if I am above average in any respect, I've been told I'm a good bit thicker than other guys. I found myself guessing that Christy was a girth aficionado. She nodded. Nice muscles, but I already knew that. Better ass, and a beer can for a cock. She nodded again. Then she smiled at me, almost sweetly. So that's your Yelp review, let's hear mine. With that, the hand she held flat against her chest, pinning the towel in place, swung downward to her hip, dangling the towel down beside her suddenly once again fully exposed body. My mouth was dry. It was one amazing experience to spy on this creature as she danced naked and unaware. It was an entirely different, but still amazing experience to have her deliberately expose herself to me like this. My jaw worked as I drank in the closest, clearest view yet of that perfect form. At last I managed to croak out. I already said that you were the most beautiful woman that I'd ever seen. Ever seen naked? Christy added tartly. I blushed again. I was going to have severe capillary damage if I did much more blushing. I sighed. Gal Gadot did an event at the university my senior year. I got to meet her. Well, I guess I'm lucky that you didn't see her naked then. She laughed. All right, but that still isn't a very detailed review, nice as it is to be second to Wonder Woman. Tell me what you thought of my dance while you crouched over there like a little pervert. It was incredible. I croaked. I'm a detail-oriented person, Reggie, Christy said crossly. I'm going to need a more detailed review than that. I looked at her, feeling ridiculous standing in front of her, dick waving in the breeze. 
I opened my mouth and found it hard to remember details of such an amazing event, at least at that moment. Christy sensed that I was at a loss for words and smirked. Then she pointed at the big white chaise by the pool, with its plush blue cushion. Sit, she ordered. I meekly complied. The chaise had no arms and I slid onto it. It was awkward to sit there, with my feet stretched out on the chaise while she moved to the foot of it. A chaise is designed to lounge on, stiffly sitting on one when every muscle in your body is tensing to flee looks and feels beyond awkward. You can review in detail both my body and my dancing now, she said. Turning her head slightly, she called out. Hey Siri, play closer. Now playing closer by nine-inch nails, said the HomePod sitting by the door. The music began. The soft, lonely beat that started the song began, and Christy raised her hands above her head, waving them languidly as she swayed her hips and spun slowly at the foot of the chaise. As the lyrics proper began, her dance brought new meaning to those words, let me tell you. Christy began to eye me as she turned. Then, as Trent Reznor's voice sang that immortally romantic line, I want to fuck you like an animal, she stopped turning and danced facing me, letting her hands slide downward to caress the outsides of her tits. She still looked at me expectantly, never ceasing the hypnotic undulations. After another line or two, she said, Well, I'm waiting for those granular reviews, Mr. Bad Boy. This was just unreal. She hadn't shot me. She wasn't ruining my life. Instead, she was showing her body off to me, and dancing better than any stripper I had ever encountered. Full disclosure. Yes, I have hit the odd skin bar or three. I have college buddies who like Las Vegas and its strip clubs, and the clubs around my home in South Florida are even better. They aren't a regular thing for me, but I know about strip clubs. Between the music, the privacy, and the dancing before me, I felt like was like I was in a champagne room dot or so I assume. I never had the cash for that experience, but I had to say something, or she'd get irritated again. Fortunately, I was full of nothing but praise. Um, well, I stammered stumbling mentally while trying to find where to begin. To hell with it. First of all, you have the most amazing breasts um ever. I almost burbled. She smiled archly. I mean they aren't just magnetic to my eyes. I stumbled on. They are like superglue. Mmm. Christy hummed softly. They were best investment I have ever made. Investment? I asked, curiously doubt as she swayed. Christy lifted those amazing tits and let them drop, bouncing happily. Boobs on a girl my age don't bounce like this, she said dryly, without some engineering assistance. She shook them gently at me. My gaze was indeed superglued to them. Okay, she went on, as if I have fake tits was a normal part of conversation. At that, she leaned forward and crawled right onto the chaise with me, straddling my outstretched legs. On her hands and knees, she smiled up at me, breasts dangling beneath her. That's a start on my body. How's my dancing? Unbelievable. I breathed, shivering at how close she was to me. Indeed, the insides of her knees were pressingly lightly against my calves as she swayed above me. And it just got so much better than it was. Did you take some kind tantric ballet as a kid? Christy laughed and crawled higher, until her face was near mine. The angle now made it difficult to keep my eyes on her tits, but the view down her straight and smooth back to her swaying ass was an utterly awesome substitute. I'm going to tell you something. Since we are now in a pact of silence, something no one in this neighborhood knows. I give thanks regularly that I never even told that fuckwit Willie. I just stared at her delicate features as she smiled slyly, inches from my face. Like I said, these were an investment. 
Christie said, straightening up on her knees astraddle my legs and caressing her breasts. Tips get so much better for a stripper with a fifteen grand set like these. You are a stripper? I exclaimed, thunderstruck. Not anymore. Christie laughed. Not since I was younger than you. She shifted and rolled over to sit across my lap, draping an arm around my shoulder. My achingly hard cock was pressed down by her bare thigh. If this was a stripper dance, I had better obey the rules, I thought. I grabbed the sides of the chaise's cushion to keep my hands off her. You know I went to Arizona State? She asked me. I nodded. I'd seen the big banner that she hung during football season. November of my freshman year, I tested out my spanking new fake ID at a party bar, got just drunk enough to enter their wet t-shirt contest, which I then won. Christy said, apparently eager to relate a story she seldom had the chance to tell to anyone, and probably never like this. Whatever this was. I had a pretty good scholarship, but absolutely no spending money to speak of. That big cash prize for the contest was a huge rush, but I burned through it pretty quick, she said, writhing atop me. Receiving any lap dance was awesome. Getting one from a fox like Christie multiplied the effect. Getting one while I was actually naked myself made for a next-level experience. You became the queen of Phoenix wet t-shirt contests? I asked, gasping for oxygen to clear my addled brain. No, she chuckled. Not enough of them, and I'd not have won them all. No, she went on, sliding off my lap languidly. She moved to straddle me on her knees again, this time right astride my hips. My trembling cock was half a foot directly below her sleek, hairless slit. No, I did a little discreet research, and by Thanksgiving I had a job at a big-name club in town with a reputation for dancers who worked clean and customers who mostly behaved themselves. By Christmas, I had determined several things. First, I enjoyed it. Second, it was going to be profitable. She stroked her hand down my chest, fingers just barely brushing my skin. I'm mostly hairless with just a small, dark tangle between my pecs, and she paused her progress to tease at what I had. Then she resumed stroking downward as she talked, coyly jerking her fingers away just before she touched my straining cock. Lap dancing was where the real money was, Christy went on with her memory. But stage dancing was the real rush, with lots of guys all looking at me. Once I had their attention, I was in total control. She snorted. A few minutes ago I realized that I'd done one of my favorite stage routines for you without knowing you were even watching. Even just knowing after the fact that you were watching reminds me how turned on dancing used to make me. She turned around above me, switching which side of me each leg was on, and she hung momentarily above me as I gazed down her firm, thin but nowhere bony back to that pert, little, perfect ass. Slowly, she lowered herself downward. With her ass hovering just above my engorged member, she paused. I thought she was going to pull away again but this time she got just a bit closer, then swayed her but side to side, stroking my cock with it. I could not help but moan quietly. Don't get me wrong, Christy purred. Lap dances could be a turn-on too, if the guy was hot. Her ass kept stroking me as she settled her weight onto me. I moaned again as her tight little cheeks came to rest on each side of my naked cock. With a little wiggle, she lay back fully against my upright chest. Her hips rocked for a bit, stroking my cock with her ass. She kept rocking on me softly, in time with the music, a softer song now that I didn't recognize. I also determined by Christmas that while my tits were nice, I'd get more money on stage, and a ton more money in the lap rooms if I upgraded. She resumed her story. Why she felt the need to tell me all this, I wasn't sure, except that I guess she wanted to tell somebody who had to keep his mouth shut. A little more research, 
and I found the best plastic surgeon in the state. I went to visit, and almost shit when I found how much money it took to get the best tits money could buy. Ones with no scars and just the right shape. She chuckled. But I wanted them. So I learned to manage my money wisely. She was sliding her ass along my cock in smooth strokes now. She moved far enough that my tip actually popped up between her legs for an instant, head sliding softly along her hairless, dripping slit. But she, without comment, just lifted her hips up, moved slightly, and resumed sliding me along between her cheeks, not letting my cock get between her legs again. The other girls I worked with, she went on, as if my dick had not just caressed her pussy, were buying themselves cars, jewelry, or expensive clothes. The dumb ones were spending their cash on pot or blow. She wriggled a bit, instead of sliding, while she caressed the breasts we were talking about. My chin was resting her shoulder, and it was a glorious view down her front as her fingers worked. Meanwhile, I kept driving my old beater of a car, ate on the meal plan, and drank cheap box wine with my friends at school. And I rubbed my ass on as many laps as I could in between homework. By the summer, I had the money I needed. Her hands slid off her tits and down beside her, gently clasping my hands where they desperately clung to the cushion. House rules, she murmured. You can touch anywhere I put your hands. With that, she tugged my hands free of the cushion and pulled them up to rest briefly on her belly. Then she pushed them upwards. My thumbs bumped into the firm undersides of her tits, and she sighed slightly. Then she lifted my hands and put them back down right on those incredible, firm, perfectly shaped mounds. I have decent-sized hands, and each still just barely overflowed my grasp, her sharply hard nipples pressing into my palms. My house, my rules, Christine murmured. I squeezed tentatively, literally shaking beneath her, albeit gently. That's very nice, Christy murmured as I worshipped her tits. She rewarded my eager but gentle caress with even more vigorous rubbing of my cock with her ass. And now you hold what I bought. The best investment ever. By the time I graduated, I had a nice used Alfa Romeo that was all paid off, no student debt, 20k in the bank, and I should you not, a secret little stash of gold bullion that I still have in a bolt hole. I walked away, and never danced again. The other girls must really have hated you. I mused, my fingers teasing at her nipples softly. You are very gentle, she whispered. I like that. And no, they didn't hate me. Why do you say that? I can't imagine any customers being interested in them when you were around. She giggled. I was popular, I'll admit. But we had a talented crew. And while I said I worked at a club with dancers who mostly worked clean, I worked cleaner than most, which gave a lot of them at least one advantage over me. Clean? I asked. I sort of knew what she was talking about, but I wanted to hear more tales. More graphic tales, if possible. Sinuously, she shifted again atop me. She actually stood up beside the chair for a moment before turning to straddle me again on the chaise, facing me again. She remained upright, keeping her sleek crotch well clear of my dick, and rested her hands on the back of the chair above my shoulders. Clean-ish, she smirked down at me. About all I do beyond the basic grind and letting their hands do a little titter play was, if a regular had proven to me that he was gentle, and he always brought a lot of money to the club, let the guy suck these lovely titties. She smiled at me and leaned forward bringing a hard pink nipple right to my mouth. I opened my lips and suckled, not about to refuse that wordless invitation. The nipple was small, but hard, and she giggled as I flicked it with my tongue. One hand came off the chair and she wrapped it behind my head, cradling it firmly against her chest I'd been told I could, so I raised a hand of my own accord to caress the breast I was not sucking on.
Her flesh was quite firm, but still yielded oh so pleasingly to the pressure of my fingers digging in hungrily to that incredible mound. Yeah. She sighed contentedly as I enjoyed her breasts. She slid her hand free of the back of my head and let it drop to my lap. She stroked my cock with her fingertips and clasped it gently. I almost never did any stick shifting like this, either. Most of the girls did, but not me. And when I did, it was through the pants only. My cock was on fire under her easy caress. She'd only hold it briefly, then go back to tracing outlines and circling the head with her fingertips. After a delicious eternity of this, she suddenly sat backward on my thighs, pulling her marvelous breasts free of my mouth as she did so. She kept her fingers clasped on my cock, though. She might have even framed up her grip. I stared at her, a little wild-eyed. In four years at the club, I never once fucked a customer. Christy said, a little proudly, but mostly matter-of-fact. Inside the club or out. Never met up with a customer outside the club at all, though some of the girls did that pretty regularly, the whores. She looked at me silently for a moment, with that weird blend of mild contempt and arousal that she had been sporting since before everything had gotten so deliciously weird. And in four years, I gave customers a total of three blowjobs, not for the money, but because I had gotten particularly worked up already that night and ran into an out-of-towner I'd never see again whose dick seemed particularly nice when I ground my ass on it. She shut up then, just staring at me, her now firmly grasping hand ever so slightly sliding up and down my shaft. Is. Does my dick. I croaked since I was seemingly expected to say something. Seem particularly nice? My throat was suddenly dry. Now you get it, Christy murmured. With that, she slid her legs back and out from under herself, and she lay down between my legs, pushing them aside as she did so. She bent her head over my lap, and still holding onto my cock, she opened her mouth and enclosed a couple inches of my cock. Oh, I groaned involuntarily. I felt her tongue begin to work its way around my cock inside her mouth. There wasn't a lot of room for it to maneuver in there. Christy is a petite woman, and as I've said, my girth seems above average. The squirming movements her tongue made around my head were breathtaking. Braced as she was over me, I felt her scrumptious breasts dangling just above my thighs. It was as if the hairs atop my legs could sense their swaying movements. Then, as Christy began to bob up and down a little, taking more of me into her wide-stretched jaws, I felt her nipples fleetingly caressing my legs. Looking down at this vision pleasuring my cock, I marveled yet again at how sexy her back was, even before you took into consideration the way it ended in that tight, round, hard ass, with its two deep dimples flanking the base of her spine. She bent a knee and kicked one heel straight up in the air in a sexy little pose. With a gasp, she released me from her mouth and instead began to lick my length. Unable to contain myself, I slid a hand up under her and cupped one perfect tit. As she slid her lips back around me, I could feel a smile on them. Listen, I said, my mouth still dry. Speaking of being already worked up, I may not last long like this. I said half confession, half warning. You are too incredible. Rather than backing off her efforts, Christy took my words as a green flag. The hand that still grasped my shaft began to jack now in firm, fast strokes. Her head bobbed swiftly, but not very deep, so that her tongue could lash the helmet of my penis freely inside her mouth and she started sucking hard on me. She pressed her tit hard into my hand. She wanted to finish me, which was good, because I was going to finish in moments, whether she had wanted to or not doubt I wordlessly cried out, only the dim awareness that some neighbors might be home and enjoying the nice day in their yards keeping my volume down somewhat. My hips twitched involuntarily, and my cock throbbed. 
It didn't obviously, but in my mind's eye it felt like it inflated like a cartoon balloon then shrank again as it erupted. My hand clutched hard on her firmly yielding breast as a tremendous gout of jizz exploded up into Christie's mouth. Gouts, plural, really, as I just kept pulsing into her for seconds on end before I collapsed into the soft cushion like a marionette whose strings had been cut. I didn't even have the strength or presence of mind to keep my grip on that amazing tit. Dot. I was dimly aware that Christie had somehow contained every drop of what had been the most powerful ejaculation I had performed since I was twenty at least. Her hand kept jacking me for several more moments, before slowing, becoming a milking motion as I felt her swallowing repeatedly. At last she slowed, and lifted her head. She smiled at me, her hazel eyes sparkling as she licked and sucked her lips. I was wrong. There had been one small drizzle from the right side of her lips, but her agile, as recently demonstrated, tongue leapt out and licked my white jizz away. I was stunned and gasping for air. Our eyes locked for a long moment, before I could summon the words. Best punishment ever! Five stars! She laughed. That's right, Reggie. Watch out, she said slyly, her perfectly straight, bright white teeth flashing as she spoke. Behave yourself in the future, or I'll have to do it again. Good behavior was suddenly not my plan. You actually taste quite good, Christy said, sitting up on her heels again and wiping at her chin where the cum leakage had been. But not exactly thirst-quenching. She looked at the elegant silver Movado watch that, along with her shoes, was all she was wearing. Are you up for a beer at three o'clock on a Wednesday? I suddenly realized that a beer would be wonderful. Please. It is scandalously early, of course, I added. But I feel like maybe I might do something naughty today. She laughed a richer, deeper laugh than I had ever heard from her before. Christie's voice was usually fairly high and bell-like, so this lower register merriment, while still hardly baritone or anything, conveyed an earthly carnality. Hey Siri, she called out as she sinuously rose to her feet. Play simply irresistible. As Robert Palmer's masterwork began to play, she looked at me archly. Too arrogant a choice? Christie asked me challengingly. Maybe two on the nose. I replied seriously. As the bass riffs began, the simply irresistible Christie danced off inside, making a wonderful production of it. My eyes remained unable to look away, and I turned and sat up on the side of the chaise to keep her in view even as she passed into the house. It was hard to see much beyond the suggestion of movement through the darkened glass, but I still hungrily followed that movement until it disappeared into the kitchen. She was beyond my perceptions for just a few brief moments before she danced back into view, a kin in each hand. Her passage through the door was particularly alluring, as she practically humped the frame as she passed. She swung by me, handing me the kin almost absently, then continued to dance around the poolside in front of me. Her every move was truly studied now as she danced, knowing she had an audience. She even cracked her kin open in time with the music that I cracked mine without looking at it, and watched, rapped out at one of the points in the song where it pauses for effect, she threw her head back and chugged a long pull of the beer. When she straightened up, she set the remainder on the table as she moved to dance right in front of me as the song neared its end. Her back was to me and she sinuously rocked her hips, waving those scrumptious glutes practically in my face. She finally stopped dancing and turned back toward me. She bent over toward me, put her hands on her knees, squeezing her tits together right at eye level, and smiled. Honestly, amazing as those tits were, I didn't know where to look, her bare crotch, those mounds, or the hungry smile on her face. Hey there, honey, she purred. Want a lap dance? I just smiled, 
Without being asked, Siri seemed to have figured out what music the occasion called for and had begun to play I Didn't Mean to Turn You On, also by Robert Palmer. Christy seemed to want me to stay there on the edge of the seat, and she started dancing slowly now between my knees, caressing herself all over, but especially her ass. After a turn or two, she felt it was time for the lap and lap dance, and put her hands on my shoulders. Slowly, she climbed astride me on the side of the chaise, her shins resting to either side of me. Her bare, hairless, and very wet pussy was pressing against my cock. After the eruption it had produced minutes before, that member should have collapsed like the north flank of empty St. Helens, but my currently raging hormonal levels had never let it sag to more than half-mast. The caress of Christie's swollen labia snapped me back to fully eager readiness. She rocked back and forth atop me. Her hands wrapped around behind my neck and her breasts pressed against my chest, but the focus on my brain was on the way she was rocking her hips. She was almost immediately making little sounds of pleasure, as I realized that she was dragging her clit along the length of my shaft. I grabbed her ass and held it as she rocked. It was so fit that but was almost hard as it flexed in my grip. Mmm, Christy murmured in my ear. You have such a fat cock, Reggie. It was such a lovely mouthful. I wanted to fill something else. I thought you didn't fuck customers. I teased, amazed at my audacity, to be honest. She stopped dancing, stopped moving. She looked at me sternly. You are not a customer. You are a dirty little perv. A dirty little perv with a big dirty dick. You just let me dance the way I want to and I might forgive you for being such a filthy deviant. She ran her hips even further back and forth, and I felt my tit dip into the wetness between her outer folds as the slid over me. Unable to restrain myself, I used my grip on her ass to lift her up a little. My dick eagerly rose with her, and Christy smiled cooperatively. She worked her hips and rubbed around until my questing tip pressed into her entrance. Careful not to let it slip away, Christy worked her way down, engulfing my cock inside her until she sat once more fully on my thighs. A ripple of agonizing delight ran through every fiber of my being. For a moment, we both sat there, still, communing with each other. Then two things happened almost simultaneously dot on my part. I could not contain myself any more and reached up to softly grasp her jawline in my hands and kissed her. It was about as hungry a kiss as I had ever delivered. I had a visceral need to lock my mouth on hers, to mine her mouth with my tongue. She answered with equal hunger. For her part, she began to rock her hips again, somehow still in time with the music. She was truly dancing, but with my cock deep inside her. Despite the hunger of our kiss, it rapidly became hard to keep it up as she needfully began to rise and fall atop me, the oxymoronically slick friction of her passage swiftly driving me nuts. Hey, Siri! Christy snapped. Play Fever by Peggy Lee. I was little surprised by that, but as the song began, I realized that while it might be little quiet for a strip club, it was amazing for a lap dance, especially a lap dance with my cock impaled in the dancer. I had never had a partner DJ an intimate encounter with me before, but I found it bemusingly awesome. She rocked herself up and down on me for a while, clearly enjoying the caress of my shaft within her. She was in no hurry and I was fortunate to have come so hard earlier, or I'd have, um, raced ahead of her to the finish line. When Siri tried to follow Peggy Lee with Frank Sinatra, Christy swiftly ordered her to play Lady Marmalade instead. Why, yes, I did indeed want to coucher Avec Christy very much, thank you. I'm not sure how you can wish desperately that you could fuck a woman while you are at that moment actively fucking her, but I managed it. Giving up entirely on kissing me, she tossed her head and arched her back and I took the implied invitation to lean forward and suck on her tits instead of her tongue. 
Her nipples were like diamonds now and my oral attentions drew shallower breathing and harder strokes atop my cock from Christy. Don't tell me when you are going to come. She gasped to me. Just do it. I want to feel your come inside me without warning. In reply, I just widened my jaw and sucked harder still on her breast, feeling the flesh distend into my mouth. I knew that I'd be fulfilling her request soon, but I determined to hold back as long as I could to extend this wondrous experience. Yeah? About that. The refrain came round again in the music and I lost it. My hips bucked upward, driving myself hard into Christy. Buried to the hilt, I came for the second time that crazy afternoon. If anything, this ejaculation was just as hard as before. I wouldn't have thought it was possible, but the combination of such a hot woman, the crazy circumstances, and her bodily skills had me over-revving uncontrollably. My powerful gouts of cum jetted into her unannounced, as she had demanded. She threw her head back and gasped loudly, melding into a shriek of pleasure as she felt my jizz fill her. I felt in turn her inside spasm and clenched down on my cock. Her entire lithe, spectacular body shivered atop me in my embrace. Her hips jerked again and again as she came. And came dot I fell back back across the big chaise, pulling her after me. She collapsed on my chest, still vibrating dot we lay there, each gasping for air. Our breathing was ragged and out of sync now, but the afterglow was still intense. Christy kissed me suddenly, but softly. She propped herself up just a bit, and looked down at me. Reggie, she said slowly. I'm not looking for a boyfriend. Especially not one who is my neighbor's son. I nodded, understanding. I was about to go to grad school. I didn't need a relationship either. But still. But, she added, a 24-year-old fuppity with a thick cock and a penchant for spying on me? That I can get behind. Chapter 02 My brain was on fire. Well, my body was certainly feeling like a lit candle, but I suppose the wick was considerably lower. Sedwick was deeply buried in Christie's pussy as I pressed her gorgeous body down into the thickly cushioned surface of her poolside chaise. Her panting face stared up at mine, and she goaded me on to pound into her even harder. We both were sweating in the heat of the late afternoon, our exertions making our bodies slick against each other. Reggie, she gasped quietly. Larry and Colleen aren't home right now, right? I, uh, I gasped, then checked my watch to be sure. No! Not for a couple of hours. Why? Because I am about to get loud. Christy gasped. I felt her suddenly tense up under my thrusting pelvis, and she rolled her head back. Her mouth opened, silently at first, exposing her gleaming white teeth, then a low tone rolled from her lips. I felt her squeeze down on my cock as I kept up, desperately trying to hold off my own release until whatever loudness underneath me got fully underway that I hoped I'd make it that long. Christy really was the best-looking woman I'd ever touched, much less fucked. Her soft cry suddenly ramped up in both volume and register, and her fingers suddenly dug into my backside painfully. Yep, that did it. With a surprisingly loud exclamation of my own, I felt my cock spray inside her depths. My sudden eruption drew an even louder shriek from my partner, and her deeply gouging fingers now held me fully buried in her as she shoved her hips upward against me. And just like that, we collapsed down onto the chaise in a heap her gorgeous investments pressing delectably against my chest. We lay there, gasping for breath, happy to be pressed against each other. At least until Christy stopped gasping for breath due to her recent orgasm, and started having trouble breathing from my dead. Wait atop her. I pushed up on my elbows, and she smiled up at me. Pull! 
She panted. I slid to my feet and grasped her hand to help her up. We each took about three steps and hurled ourselves into the cool water of her backyard pool. The sparkling water accelerated the softening of my cock and cleared my head. I pulled her into my arms and kissed her deeply. As she returned my kiss, she grabbed a hand of mine and pressed it against the breast, pushing my fingers deep. But then she pulled away and we both slid over to collapse on the second concrete step. Sitting at that depth, her tits were just above the surface. I decided this was the best step to sit on from now on. After a few wordless minutes, Christy sighed. That was fabulous, but I have to say, it wasn't as good as the first time. She said slowly, stroking my soft cock gently, as if trying to soften the blow of her words. It did not soften the blow. I could barely keep from freaking out openly, though I did stiffen, and not in the fun way. I could not bear the thought that I had given this perfect creature less than all that she deserved. I was instantly humiliated that I had not been up to snuff, and I was mostly selfishly alarmed that she might be less likely to want to do it again. Before my protestations of dismay could get rolling, Christy shushed me. Easy there, my eager little perv, she said reassuringly. The sex was fucking awesome. You may not think you are an expert in going down, but I'm a completely satisfied customer, believe me. Her hand curled around my exhausted dick more assertively. No, the problem was the setup, she mused. The first time was mind-blowing, with the excitement of catching you, of knowing I'd truly been spied on. Nice and fat as this dick here is, that was the memory I kept coming back to. This time, we scheduled it. For crying out loud, I laid out a towel for you. I was taken aback, but only momentarily. Huh, was all I said for a moment, then went on. Yeah, the terror of being caught wasn't awesome, but the challenge and excitement of watching without being seen was thrilling. I paused, considering and your dance this time was actually better, I think. But it wasn't as exciting to watch as the other one, where you didn't know I was watching. This routine was better? Christy asked, a sudden, formerly, professional interest in her voice. Why? This was not on topic, but what the hell? It was a hell of a topic on its own. I almost blushed. Well, it was better for some obvious reasons, such as the fact that you were closer to me this time, and you got your clothes off faster. I chuckled and she snorted along with me. But beyond that, I still think I like this one better, but as to details why. Can I get back to you? I need to think about it. Honestly, I was much more concerned about making sure the spark didn't go out of this amazing, I hoped, ongoing series of events, Christy thought calmly. I was reminded that she was much older than me, and her maturity was showing, even if it was showing in service of Hankapanky. Her hand still had not left my cock. She still massaged it. I was not hardening up again, yet, but it felt amazing, and I suspected I would be rising to the occasion soon. The fact that she clearly was interested in making that happen was reassuring. That's it then, Christy said firmly. No more dates. What? I asked in sudden, profound concern. Hey, let's not. She laughed. Oh, I'm not giving up fucking you. But you need to earn it from now on. I relaxed and grinned in interest. How? You need to spy on me when I don't know it's coming, successfully, she said, thinking hard. In fact, before we can play again, I'm going to need to receive a text from you with a picture of me, you know the kind. Send it to me after you've successfully gotten away. If I catch you spying, and I haven't gotten a picture from an earlier attempt, I'm kicking you out. If I have gotten proof of spying earlier. She smiled promisingly. Asterisk so now I had a complex sex life. Do not for one second think that I was complaining, however. 
I found myself very much into the kind of complications that I thought Christie had in mind. Somewhat unfortunately, I had plenty of time to figure out how and when to spy on her, but not much for actually spying on her, because my parents were still gleefully complicating my normal life as much as possible. They were, as had been the case since I moved back home, temporarily, intent on torturing me by being all sorts of amorous in front of me whenever possible. It was their way of making sure I was eager to get out of the house in the fall, and leery about returning at any future date. They needn't have bothered. I was a grown-ass man of twenty-four, thank you. Even though I was out of work prematurely before starting my MBA program, I'd have been able to make it on my own without their hospitality. It had been Dad's damned idea to come home and save my money. Now, he was molesting my mother at every opportunity to do so, right in front of me, and she was goading him on. Eagerly IT had been bad enough back when they had first started it. I was in a mostly normal headspace. Now, I was constantly horny, thinking about my next opportunity do a whole lot of molesting of my own with Christy. Those wires in my head kept getting crossed, with uncomfortable results. Sunday morning, I was having breakfast, yes, my mommy had cooked it, and my father wandered into the kitchen. Mom gave him a perfunctory kiss on the cheek, and the bastard grabbed her and pinned her against the refrigerator. After a pro forma laugh or two of protest, Mom just up and lifts her legs, wrapping them around his hips. Dad is standing there, grinding his hips against Mom's crotch, and I was trying to eat my pancakes. This was a bit more than usual, but still barely within their recent parameters. Before that week, I'd have made snide comments, put my head down, and powered through my breakfast, so as not to give them the satisfaction. Now, I found myself imagining pushing Christy up against her fridge in similar fashion but with less clothes in the way. That was not a bad little fantasy image, except that I was overlaying that image over my mother. I was getting an erection in front of my parents while they were making out. I found myself building action plans to gouge my own eyes out, and we aren't even Greek. Nope. I was out of my seat in a flash, rushing to dump the rest of those delicious pancakes in the trash and put my dishes in the washer. I'm out of here, guys, I said in as normal voice as I could manage. I have a few things to pick up. My mother snickered quietly. My father, in a voice which would not have melted butter, called after me. Reggie, since you are running errands, grab the list by the back door. There's about ten things on it you and I need from Home Depot if we are going to spruce up the pool shelter. I'll pay you back. Trapped out I stood, fuming, by the back door, and looked at the bulletin board we kept there. Dad's list was tacked over everything else. I took a deep breath and read it. Not everything here comes from the depot, Dad. Well, he called back, in between audible kisses with my mother. You better get moving then, if we want to get started this evening. Ah, I growled, ripping the note down off its thumbtack. I heard them both laugh. I had indeed been played. Fine, it gave me an actual reason to escape, since I truthfully had not actually had anything I needed to do. As I pushed open the back door, I heard their laughter died down, replaced by more sounds of making out. Eesh. Half the shit on this list had nothing to do with repairing and touching up the fabric canopy structure that kept our pools shaded in the evening. I had been given the twenty-four-year-old's equivalent of, here's a quarter. Now go play in the street. I stayed out for four hours. If what I feared was about to happen, happened, the old man could not possibly last that long. Asterisk I didn't honestly mind, though. Getting out of the house was exactly what I had needed. My parents, especially my mother, were no longer part of my thought process leaving more room for Christy. 
and mindless shopping with very little decision-making required was just a thing to let me brainstorm about how to approach any continuing antics with her in the way best calculated to give her what she wanted. So I could give her what I wanted. I needed three heavy-duty screw eyes of a certain size, and the Home Depot had two. While I was standing in the aisle, looking in the adjacent bins in case someone had dropped one in there by mistake, I pondered the central issue. Christy liked being watched, but no. She wanted to be spied on. She wanted to be watched, but not know when or if it was happening at that moment. I guessed that that would make it better for her when she caught me. It made me more of a perv, and that seemed central to her enjoyment. I could be a perv. I had discovered that I rather liked it. No, I really liked it. I could definitely get into seriously trying not to be caught. I was momentarily dumbstruck by the fact that there actually was a third screw eye of the size I needed mixed into a bin of heavy-duty bolts just ten inches away from where it belonged. Things were looking up. I would not have to visit a second Home Depot. Except I would, because this store was out of the replacement screen material Dad had specified, and why the fuck was whole milk on a hardware list? The only person in the house who drank whole milk was me. This was not my Dad's list. This had been written for me all along. I was going to plot revenge on my father, just as soon as I was done plotting coming on and in Christie. The thing was, she wanted to not know when I might be spying, but she would want to be putting on a show for me when I did. Did that mean that she would be spending all her free time wandering around half, or even fully, naked vamping it up? The idea of that was making me hard enough that I decided that I had better wait a minute before going into Publix for the milk. Asterisk we have a larger than usual pool at least for our neighborhood, and early on, between the lack of mature trees and the orientation of our house, the mid and late afternoon sun made even lying in the pool pretty beastly hot, particularly for my mother. When mom was dissatisfied, shit got done. Dad, with an assist from a much younger me and a handyman, had constructed an apparatus consisting of two blue, triangular, horizontal, overlapping sails, pulled taut between supports. It shaded one end of the pool, the shallow one and a bit of the patio around it in the afternoon. Two supports were anchored to the house. A third was just a large pole on the other side of the pool. The last support was another pole, but this one was built into a trellis arch that my mother grew mandevilla vines all over. The trellis was dad's and my project, as it had traitorously decided to rot in numerous places. We had to cut away a sadly large amount of the gorgeous, flowering vines, then replace more than half of the small struts with fresh wood. The main frame and especially the sail support were rock-solid still. We only wanted to replace the anchor points out of caution. That was fortunate, or the job would have been a week-long one, not a weekend one dot, but since we didn't get started until Sunday, the job bled over through most of Monday. Dad had a business trip coming up, so he took the opportunity to take the day off to finish the job with me. We needed no handyman now that I was no longer ten. The whole project had not been strictly necessary yet, but for all the crap he liked to hand out about my being a temporary boomerang and infesting his house, I could tell Dad wanted to spend time with me while I was still around. I was glad to. Honestly, doubt it did not mean that I did not want revenge for manipulating me into doing his shopping for him. My chance came as we were close to finishing. It was about three in the afternoon, and I had climbed up atop the trellis to set the new anchor point for the sail support. The huge triangles of fabric are quite literally sails when the wind blows and require seriously secure tie-downs to ensure they don't tear or simply fly away. About half an hour earlier, the first time I had shimmied up there, movement had caught my eye and I realized that I could see over the fence and into Christie's yard. She had been coming out of her house in shorts and a t-shirt. Her workday was done and she looked like she wanted to relax.
She heard me hammering away up there, smiled, and waved out I didn't want to wave and give away she was there, so I just winked broadly and called down to my father for more nails. Alerted to the fact that I wasn't alone up there, she covered her mouth to signal she got it. She put down her drink and her book on the table, and turned back around to re-enter her house that I had only about ten more minutes worth of nailing down the pre-painted slats of wood, in which time, Christy reappeared. She had changed her clothes again, and now wore a very fetching, and very small bikini. She waved at me again, twirled, and the sat down with her book. It was nice to know that she had changed just for me, so I could get a glimpse. I smiled, and resumed hammering, and then I missed a nail and whacked my thumb, because I was sneaking glances at Christy as she lay there in the sun I paused and sucked on my thumb. I hadn't really smashed it, fortunately. More fortunately, my dad was distracted and hadn't noticed, meaning I was not being mocked. Christy had certainly moved pretty quickly to give me a show, hadn't she? It had only been a couple of days since we had last had sex, but it had been almost a week since our first, and only so far, truly voyeuristic experience. This was just casual, non-clandestine observation, but she still clearly wanted it. I needed to get with the program and give her what she really wanted. I finished up and climbed down to help Dad set up the new anchor apparatus. When he offered to climb up this time, I forestalled that quickly. No, no, old man. I laughed, pitching my voice loudly enough to be heard next door. I will climb back up there. I don't want your fragile old bones to shatter if you fall. Fragile old bones, huh? Don't worry about them. I'd make sure that I fell on you. He laughed back but he was happy to let me do the monkey work. I had just wanted to make sure that he didn't get an eyeful of my view. Up I went again, struggling at the top to get myself seated into a safe and secure position before Dad handed up the sail. I took much more time to do that than I should have, but, well, Christy was resolutely not looking in my direction, as if she had forgotten anyone was there. She had pulled the cups of her bikini top aside, revealing those goddamn miracles that were her tits. She held her book in one hand, while she rubbed suntan lotion into those firm globes. The flesh deformed hypnotically as her fingers pressed and rubbed the sunscreen into their exquisitely tanned surface. The only indication that she gave that she knew I was there was the fact that her nipples were erect and engorged enough that I could tell even from this distance that it is hard to get settled on a wooden structure not meant for sitting when you have a rapidly expanding boner in the way. Once I finally managed, I looked down at my father below. As he handed up the anchor, I called out, louder than I needed to, Hey, Dad! Did you know that you can see over into Christie's yard from up here? He took the fucking bait. Mom wasn't home, and wouldn't be for hours, but he still shot a look at the house before replying with a grin. Really? Too bad she's not out sunbathing topless or something over there. I'd have for climb up there with you. His voice, responding to my own, was also rather loud. I looked down at him, grinned, and started to say, Uh, before I was interrupted. I can hear you, Larry sang out Christy, from beyond the fence that my father's eyes widened and he said, Oh shit, only much quieter this time. I grinned down at him with a distinct evil touch to my smile now. He looked around wildly, as if searching for a hole to crawl into. I'm going to go in and grab something, he said, trying to brazen things out as if nothing had happened. Are you okay up there for a bit? He asked me dot me. I was more than fine up there, especially with the view I had. Before I could look back to said view, I heard Christy speak again, clearly not wanting to let Dad off the hook, and wanting to lock down this kind of thought by him. And Larry? For the record, I am not sunbathing topless over here. She called, speaking slowly and clearly. 
At first, I thought she was doing that to emphasize her point and draw out his embarrassment. Then I looked up and saw she had been talking slow to give herself time to tug her bikini bottoms off, making it more technically true that she wasn't sunbathing topless. I admired a commitment to honesty like that. Sorry! My father called sheepishly, foregoing his trip inside as a subterfuge no longer worth employing. Does she look pissed? He whispered up to me. I made a show of peering over that way. Christy had suddenly decided to put down her book and was doing some completely unnecessary tidying on her back patio. She unfolded and refolded her towel and picked up her bikini bottom, folding it neatly atop the towel. None her activity required any bending over at all, but she incorporated plenty of it anyway, usually while facing directly toward, or mostly away from me. Good gravy, did that woman have a spectacular ass? I marveled again at its tight, smooth, small, yet somehow generously curved, confectionery perfection. I think that she's forgotten you already, Dad. I whispered, tearing my eyes away from the show. She's gone back to folding towels. My father held up the slack corner of the shade sail to me. The look in his eyes told me he hoped that Christy did indeed forget about and would not tease him about it in front of Mom at the next neighborhood get-together. The other look in his eyes was less charitable. You might have led with the fact that she was over there. He growled quietly at me. Whatever would have been the fun in that. I chortled, taking the anchoring strap. Attaching it to the monster eye hook in the post, I gave it a good tug. It was secure. We could tighten it properly from the ground. I looked up one last time for Christy, and waved as if casually at any other neighbor. See you later, Christy. I called out, disentangling myself from my elevated seat. Christy was lying back down in her chaise, book already in her hand again. She chirped a disinterested-sounding see you later in reply, but tugged idly on a nipple without even looking up at me. I shook my head in amusement as I started to down to Dad. If he only knew... That little scene had been insanely hot, I mused as I carefully picked my way down a structure not really intended to be climbed. In fact, I thought, it had been rewarding in its own right, which gave me more ideas about how to make this thing with Christy work just right. You are still grinning. My father grumped as I reached the ground. It wasn't that funny. Oh, I beg to differ. I replied. But that's not what has me smiling. I'm already enjoying the thought of the couple of beers you are going to buy me at Hallahan's as soon as we are done cranking this thing tight. And about how I'm going to crush you at eight ball while we drink. I'm buying? Came the arch reply. Yes, you are buying. I just made this job of yours easier, safer, and cheaper than if I weren't here. I said firmly as we both leaned into the crank on the cable. Also, if I am drinking beer on your tab at Hallahan's when mom gets home, I can't regale her with funny tales about how the afternoon went. He looked at me sourly. All right. But I refused to yield to blackmail to the extent of actually losing to the likes of you at pool. He was good to his word and waxed me in three straight games. Asterisk dad is really a lot better than me at billiards anyway. But I had been distracted with plotting how to get my jollies while also working Christy back up to a frenzy. Based on what I had observed so far. The key takeaway was remembering how fucking hot it was just to watch her. A spying session that didn't end in getting caught would still be super worth it. In some ways, even better. Some ways, I resolved to actively try to not get caught, most of the time. She could well catch me sometimes anyway, which I'd hardly mind, but the fun for both of us would be better if I was really trying, and hopefully succeeding in not being caught. Then she really wouldn't know when I was spying and when I wasn't. She'd spend all her off-work hours simultaneously putting on a show and working herself up, 
the idea of maneuvering Christie into thinking about me in sexual terms during her every free moment was the greatest idea in the history of ideas. The second greatest idea in the history of ideas was the fact that I was going to amass a shit ton of photographs of Christie for once I moved away. My mind flinched away at that last idea. Dad and I were prevented from starting either a fourth game or a fourth beer by a text we simultaneously received from Mom. Mom, the shade looks good. Thank you. Mom, I assume that you are out drinking and making trouble. Come home. Dinner is almost ready. Dad and I both thumbs up the second text and we headed out for the five-minute drive home. When we got there, the place smelt amazing. Mom had made this pseudo-Asian chicken dish that is a specialty of hers. Dad kissed her, but skipped the molestation of her that he usually engaged in whenever they greeted in front of me. The smell was getting to him too. Mom was having none of that though. As Dad sat down, she swiftly straddled him in his dining room chair, wrapped her arms around his shoulders and snogged him good. Christ, was she grinding on him? I've already mentioned how much I get ached out by the two of them and their deliberate PDA. I've also mentioned how my own sexual preoccupation was now getting tangled up with these displays. I'd have bolted out of the house right there, but I was hungry and the food smelled ridiculously good. Want me to keep dinner warm for you too? I growled acerbically. They actually looked at each other for a moment, as if they were considering accepting the offer. No, no. No. No, no. Mom finally shook her head and crawled off of Dad. This smells too good, she declared as she rose and turned to the serving dish. Besides, we have plenty of time after dinner, right, Larry? Throughout dinner, my thoughts warred between how good the food was and whether I could gouge out my eyes with the butter knife. As soon as I was full, I bolted out of the house, hoping, ultimately unsuccessfully, to get somebody's, anybody's, to go out for a few more beers. Ultimately, I perched on a bar stool and nursed two Tanqueray martinis through the rest of the Marlins game. We lost because, we suck. Baseball is a great game to watch because it leaves a lot of free time to plot sex games with your neighbor while your team loses ignominiously. Asterisk I woke early the next day, drove dad to the airport, then set about my fresh plans. The key was a new hiding spot from which to watch and take pictures of my magnificent neighbor. It needed to be comfortable, since I would need to be able to be there a long time, if I did not want to be caught. That had been the flaw with my original, almost involuntary, time spying on Christie, no exit strategy. It also needed to be more concealing. If I didn't want to get caught now that I could tell she would be looking down I wondered how hard she would be looking. I first killed the rest of the morning at the garden store, picking up a new mandevilla to fill where we had had to prune pretty brutally to do the repairs on the shade. I grabbed some quick lunch, then hustled home. I did not have time to actually plant the vine, so I settled for just watering it and leaving it for tomorrow. I changed into my loosest board shorts and made sure I had plenty of sunscreen on. I was not completely sure how much sun I would be in or for how long that be why the time Christie was logging off from work, I was ready. The problem I had finally solved had been that the only gate into her backyard was on the side of her house next to mine. To reach any potential new hiding spot from which to observe her back patio, I'd need to cross out in the open where I could be observed from inside. That was too big a risk. Fortunately, the span between the other side of her house and the end of the privacy fence running along the opposite property line was not filled by more fence, but a dense, high hedge. It had no gate, but the shrubs had the virtue of being old enough to start getting leggy, leaving space underneath to crawl through. If I was willing to get a little scratched up, doubt I'd have crawled over broken glass for this, so a little slide under some scratchy underbrush was nothing that I went out and wandered down the street as if I had something to do or place to go. Then I reversed course, 
and right as I knew she was logging off and would likely be getting changed out of her work clothes, I reached the sidewalk in front of that hedge. Before I turned in, I looked around to make sure I was unobserved. Thank God I did. Sandy Hammond from across the street was coming out of her house at that very moment. Had I not looked first, it could have been bad. Sandy was nineteen and had the kind of blossoming body that any upright twenty-four-year-old like me should spend his time averting his eyes from. I had certainly done my share of averting my gaze at the last circuit party, carefully not examining her in that white, one-piece bathing suit, with her long brown hair and tan skin, carefully not examining her sky-blue eyes and rounded, upturned nose. You know, that kind of averting of the gaze. Today, I was actually pissed to see her. Her presence was a major problem and reminded me that I could not just focus on Christy and all this thought I did not need the same girl who, as a thirteen-year-old, had run and told her parents that she had just seen me and Taylor Simpkins drinking our carefully purloined beers. My parents had not been pleased, more because I had gotten caught publicly and thus embarrassed them, than they had because I was drinking a beer. More importantly, I missed out on what had turned out to be my one and only chance to bang Taylor Simpkins. I was still bent about that. Hey, Sandy! I said, choosing to greet her, rather than the other way around. Hey, Reggie. She called, rather more friendly than usual. Swell. A friendly snitch is one who gets in your business that we talked for ten minutes. Ten valuable minutes. We didn't talk about anything useful, mind you. And she was not in any way indicating any attraction toward me, either. I mean, let's be real. If she had been interested in sex, my opinion of this girl would have changed, swiftly and dramatically. Look, Sandy was hot. She ruined a summer of mine years ago. And she was in the way of the sexual escapade I wanted to try to have right now. But she was hot. Had she given indication one that she thought I might scratch an itch for her, things would have been different. But as it was, she was an inconvenience, and a reminder that, whatever Christie's attitude about me, getting caught by the larger neighborhood was a serious no-go. And she was using up my precious time to get into position before Christie came back outside. The stakes of this game were high. Finally, I somehow managed to bore her into taking off. Since when did I have to work to get rid of Sandy? I walked further down a few houses, then returned out a final quick glance around to supplement the surreptitious observations I had been making all along told me that I was unobserved by any other neighbors besides the blessedly absent Sandy. Wandering slowly off the street, I slipped in between Christie's house and the spearmans on the other side that I slid under the hedge almost unscathed and I took a moment to break off the only really unpleasant branch that blocked the gap I had chosen. Standing up, I was in and certainly undetected. My memory had not failed me. There were two good places to perv from on this side of the yard. I chose the closer one for this occasion. It was a narrow spot of grass between the fence and a thick little, oblong bed of lush green foliage and bird-of-paradise flowers. It was counterintuitive, but this was actually the better, more secure hiding spot. Both spots were in the opposite direction from where she would likely look for intruders, and this one seemed right out in the open, with clear, unobscured sight lines along the fence. But unless Christie came right over to the fence, I'd be almost certainly invisible from anywhere else in the yard. I could sit over here comfortably with my water bottle and watch for as long as I wanted. My only worry was whether she would come out and decide to put on a show for a potential Reggie the Peeping Tom situation, or if she had errands. She did not have errands. My wave over the fence had been as promising as I had meant it to be, and she must have decided to lean into being spied on that day. Unless she had been leaning into it every day, and I had just been missing it. Less than fifteen minutes after she had logged off from work, Christy stepped out of her back door, 
holding a jug of chemicals and a bag of pool tools, and wearing not a stitch of clothing. As shows for a clandestine perv, naked pool maintenance was top notch. It naturally meant a lot of bending over at all angles, and just enough light exertion to set her skin to glistening almost immediately. I found the way her breasts swayed as she worked the long handled scrubbing brush down into the water to be particularly fetching. As my eyes stayed glued to that hypnotic movement, I found that my hand was working down into my shorts. I had no intention of being caught at all that day, so I saw no reason not to add some physical stimulation of my own. I was a perv. I was going to own it fully. I chose not to use my phone for the pictures. I had an old Fuji pocket camera which made up for its lack of megapixels with a much more powerful optical zoom. I had spent an inordinate amount of time earlier going through its menus before I found how to turn off the fake shutter sounds. I only needed one to send her, but I was going to fill the chip, as far as I was concerned. The camera also took video. Good lord, it was going to be awesome to review those dangling, swaying tits. Christy obviously was putting on a show, though she could not know I was there. She was doing it on spec, I guess. The only problem with that was that she was posing her various showy moves with the idea that I might be back on the opposite side of the yard. Once the already spotless pool was fully cleaned, Christy set aside her tools and instead concentrated on applying sunscreen all over her body in the most scenic manner possible. She twisted and turned and displayed some serious limberness as she slowly worked the suggestively white cream into her flesh. It was most certainly a show as she worked, as pinching those luscious and very excited nipples was something most certainly not needed for the supposed task at hand. She kept turning around slowly the whole time, cocking those slender succulent legs in various poses as she went. It gave me some incredible views, and part of what made them so good was that she genuinely was trying to put on the best show for someone, even if she thought they were probably on the opposite side of her. I could see her casting clandestine looks that way as well. The glances from her lovely hazel eyes were brief, as if not sure she wanted to catch me, at least not yet. But she was just as clearly not sure if I was even there. I thought what I saw told me that she liked the uncertainty or at least liked the feeling that it induced out a bird flash behind the vine-deck trellis of my former hiding place, and she finally actively looked over there. She was definitely disappointed that the movement had not been me. She didn't give up, since I had hours yet to appear, but she clearly went to a lower level of alert. That made watching her all the more hot as she became a lot more relaxed and natural, while still being gloriously naked. When she started some light yoga that was clearly actual exercise, not an erotic display, I had to bite my lip that I checked the camera. Fuck. I need to buy a bigger chip. I would have to slow down my video taking, lest I miss something that I found my trunks pulled down and my dick in my hand as I knelt behind the foliage. The view was reasonably obstructed, but I could still see enough. My knowledge of her body, of the smoothness of her abdominals, and the equally smooth, soft skin between her legs filled in any gaps in what I could see. This kind of obstructed view would not always be satisfying. I knew, but for today, it kind of made it better that I had not intended to jack off back here, but here I was. It was almost automatic, I was so turned on. And what better thing for a peeping Tom to do than whack off while watching his victim? My only question was, was I going to actually drive myself to come, just enjoy some nice stroking, or be crazy and edge myself mad? My body decided for me. Her yoga session finished, Christy grabbed a novel and settled into her chaise, turning to a doggered page in the book. I could not see the title from where I was, but the subject matter was clear. In but a page or two, the hand not holding the book was nestled between her legs and doing its thing. Her masturbation was languid at first, 
and it was funny watching her lift her hand to turn the page, while trying not to get her juices onto the paper. Turning pages in a book with your thumb and pinky is apparently not easy, but the subject matter heated up after a page or two, and her fingers started working harder. She looked around, a little wildly, then stared back at the book while plunging her fingers deeper. Until now, she was likely putting on a show for what she thought was probably a non-existent audience, but this she was doing for herself. She kept her eyes glued to the pages, but her whole body began to convulse. I took a few more shots, but found that getting good ones was hard with my other hand stroking myself so swiftly. Fortunately, she had music playing like usual, which made the soft sounds of my pumping hand inaudible. Christy gasped and bit her lip, groaning as he body shook. I knew now what she looked like when she had an orgasm, and this clearly was another. I was deeply gratified to see that while she clearly enjoyed it, I had given her far more powerful examples. She finally slapped the book closed against her thigh, and she drew another wave of pleasure from within herself. That is when my body decided for me that I was going to come as well. I barely kept silent by practically biting my cheek as my hips spasmed and my shaft throbbed in my hand. I looked down as I fountained a robust stream out into the air and down onto the broad leaves of the foliage that concealed me. I took a few pictures of the residue as well. I wiped my hand clean on the grass and pulled up my shorts as Christy came down from her own high. She lay there, curled on her side for a few scenic minutes, then sat up, doggering her book once more. She looked carefully over at the trellis by my house and this time was sure I was not there. She shrugged and unfolded herself from the chaise. She took a deep sip of the glass beside her chair, then wandered back inside. I took my opportunity to slip back and under the hedge. I almost walked straight back to my house before I realized that she could easily see me cutting across her yard if I did. Instead, I took a brisk walk around the bend on the street, then returned on the other side. When I reached her house, I crossed the road, not making any secret of how I examined every window on that side, as if wondering if she was home. I did not see anything, which proved nothing. I turned and went home, and I dashed up to my room and downloaded the pictures and video. I was going to need a better camera, in addition to a bigger memory chip. It would be worth the investment. I made myself wait two days before I sent the text. No words, just a blurry picture of her jilling off, book in hand, and a short video clip of those tits swaying as she cleaned the pool. As the pictures swooshed off through the internet to her phone, I grabbed one more and sent it along as well a nice clear image of the broad green tropical leaf with an unmistakable splatter of jizz all over it. Both texts showed as read in less than a minute. There was no reply. Asterisk she had to be able to tell where I had been hiding from the pictures I had sent. The next afternoon, I went straight to the same place, ready to be caught this time. But damned if she never came back out to the backyard that afternoon. I got a cramp from crouching before I finally left. The next afternoon, I was back again, assuming that she had just been doing errands the day before. After I had been out there almost an hour again, I finally heard the back door open. But when Christy came out, she was still dressed in her work clothes. Don't get me wrong, Christy in her work clothes is still a lovely sight, and I immediately took a picture or two with my old camera. The new one was still a day away, according to the Amazon app. But this was not what I was there to see. All she did was tidy up a little, then made a phone call about something I could not make out but it seemed very routine. I did catch her looking around the yard a little, as if wondering whether she was being watched. No, she looked just a little like she wanted to seem worried that she was being watched. But even though she looked right in my direction once or twice, she didn't see me. Or did she choose not to? Regardless, she went back inside and I was left there still at large. 
This was getting frustrating. I did not see her again that afternoon. The next day, she came right out again after work. I had barely time to get into position before her back door opened. She was wearing a swimsuit I did not recognize, and believe me, had I ever seen it before, I'd have recognized it. It was a string bikini with pale pink strings that tied behind her neck, across her back, and at each hip. The triangular cups were baby blue, as was the tiny patch covering her crotch in front. I could not see if it had a back, or was a thong, as she wore a thin, sheer white cover-up that was unfastened in front. She walked over to the pool and dragged a toe through the cool water. The water looked really good, as I was now going for my third day roasting in the South Florida Sunday she smiled at the feel of the water, and started to shrug the robe off her shoulders. I took a few excellent shots. I had tested the new camera that morning, and the quality would be exceptional. But then Christy paused, and frowned, clutching the cover-up across her chest. She looked around nervously, and shrugged the white garment back over her shoulders. She looked around, still missing me that I wanted desperately to make a sound, or betray myself with movement, but I thought better of it. The me of the week before would never in a million years have voluntarily betrayed himself. I got a thrill of fear at the thought even now. Christy abandoned her thoughts of the pool and turned to go back inside, glancing around nervously as she went in. Shit. My bitch a little playmate was leaving me dying out here. I loved every second of it. But I also left before dinner time, once more uncaught and thoroughly teased and unfulfilled that we had dinner, my parents and I, late and outside. Dinner was late because I had cooked. I had gotten ambitious and tried something new, and had had to appeal to my mother for help halfway through when I bricked the roux. We ate outside because my father had a presentation spread out all over the dining room table, and mom forbade us from eating in front of the TV for the third night in AROW.MY parents behaved themselves during dinner for once, which was glorious. My food was not glorious but it was pretty decent, even if I had needed my mother's help toward the end. It was not my best work in the kitchen, and I resolved that the next time I took over in there, I was going to bear down and do something special. I had worked hard, living on my own, to get good in the kitchen. After the meal, we hung around at the poolside table, enjoying a bottle of fruity, sweet Gewürztraminer. As the sun was setting in a mediocre display, we heard music coming from Christie's yard. I don't usually hear her playing her music this late in the evening. My mother observed, not bothered by the sound, just interested in the anomaly. I shrugged. Well, it is her backyard. You never know when she might want to use it. I said idly. Isn't that right, Dad? Mom was tidying plates and missed the look my father shot me. Then he looked over at the fence, then back at my mother. She stepped into his reach at that moment, and he pulled her down into his lap, eliciting a little shriek from her. She more than rolled with it, however, and she swiftly draped her arms around his shoulders and started kissing him hard. I could not see from my angle, but I could hear the tongue. Nope. You guys enjoy the rest of the wine, I said hastily rising. I'm going to try to meet up with the guys. My mother just idly waved her hat at me, not removing her lips from my father's. Shit. Was his hand on her breast? I got moving fast. They were never like this before. The old man must be getting more action than he had in years. He should be begging me to stick around this fall, not trying to get me to leave. I hopped into my car and pulled out of the driveway. As I was turning around, it occurred to me that his randiness might have been triggered by the whole embarrassing incident with Christy. Or had it been coincidental, as I started down the street, I thought back on Christy. It was unusual for her to be listening to music outside this late. For her, this was practically bedtime. Bedtime was the music meant for me to hear? 
My parents and I had made no effort to keep our voices down over dinner. It would be pretty reasonable to believe that she had known I was on the other side of the fence that I pulled over into the little three-space parking lot by our community pool and left my car. Swiftly, I strolled back up the street along the sidewalk. As I approached Christie's I could see that no front rooms had lights on, but there were clearly other spaces on both the ground and second floor that were illuminated. I cut casually in between our houses. Fuck, my parents were still outside. I could hear them. EW, but at this point, I was able to block out thoughts of them. I approached the gate to Christie's backyard and silently lifted the latch. I may have surreptitiously lubricated it a few days earlier. I slid the gate open silently and stepped through the privacy fence. I moved to the corner of the house and peered around. The backyard lights were on, as was the music, but no Christie. Damn. I waited where I was, at the corner of the house itself, not moving over to the flower trellis this time. Let's go inside. I heard my mother say. Absolutely. My father agreed. That boy needs a more active social life. He's been putting a serious crimp in our activities since he moved back in. Wait. What I was seeing was reduced activity. Oh, God. He'll be off to Atlanta soon, and we can go back to fucking out here, under the stars. My mother said. He's gone out, we can do it now. My father growled. My mother yelped like she had just been tickled. Hey. No, Larry. No. What if he forgot something and comes back? No, we have a perfectly. She cut herself off with another yelp. Hey. Stop that. Just, okay, that's nice. My father laughed. Inside, Mom said grimly. Now. Inside what? Dad asked. Then I mercifully heard the door close that I wanted to die. I might have gone ahead and spontaneously done so, but the thought of possibly seeing Christy let me cling to life. I still banged my forehead silently against the trim of her house two or three times. Suddenly, I heard her back door open, and I saw her step put into the backyard. She was no longer wearing the bikini, alas, just a bangingly tight pair of jeans and a loose t-shirt, the movement of which betrayed a lack of bra underneath. So hot. But all she did was pick up that same book from before and look around as making sure she had everything. Hey Siri, she called out. Stop music. The speakers fell silent, and she turned and went back inside. The outside lights turned out, leaving just the kitchen lights spilling out through the windows. Shit, she was headed to bed. Time to go. I'd missed my chance, but I was desperately horny now. And the last thing I wanted was to go hang out at a bar, probably alone, with nothing to fill my thoughts and keep images of my parents at bay. The lights were still on inside. I stepped around behind Christie's house and snuck toward her kitchen window. Then I saw that her back door was not fully closed. Oh, really? I ducked under the kitchen window and instead peeked into the glass of her back door. She was rinsing out a wine glass and setting it by her sink. Then she turned and I watched her walk toward her stairs. When she reached them, my eyes riveted to her cute little round ass and those painted-on jeans, swaying with each step up the stairs. My eyes stayed riveted for about three steps, before she suddenly pulled the t-shirt up and off over her head. She tossed her head, letting her tousled blonde hair settle back into place and accidentally dropped the shirt. She bent down to her side to grab it, giving me a fucking fabulous, nipple-tastic side-bib flash before straightening. Then she disappeared up the stairs. I looked at the back door. It had to be an invitation. But it might not. Actually entering her house might be a step too far in our game. Probably not, but still, I pushed it open silently and stepped in, crossing another line. It had to have been an invitation, right? 
but what if she had just forgotten to close it? I was very certain that she did not actually know that I was there. I moved to the foot of the stairs, wondering what I needed to do to get up them stealthily. Then I heard a fucking wonderful sound. The shower was running. It would cover any noise I made on the stairs, and well, I still moved as silently as possible up the stairs. The door to the master bedroom stood open, but the lights were off in there. The only illumination for the room came from the open door to the bathroom within. Music came from inside, loud enough to be heard clearly over the water. Here I go again, by whitesnake.it was the middle of the song by the time I reached the bathroom door and peeked in. I had missed the rest of her striptease, and that was all right by me. Her shower was a nice one, with a zero-threshold entrance that had no door or curtain, just two walls of clear glass overlapping to keep the water from spraying out. A huge overhead shower head that clearly had the flow restrictor removed was complemented by body jets on opposite walls, and all were directed onto Christie's naked, perfect body. She was rubbing herself with a very sudsy bar of soap, and I was standing there, peeking in with a hard-on of titanium that I had not brought my camera. But I still had my phone. I carefully took a picture or two with just the corner of the device around the jam. So hot. But I wanted some video. A quick touch on controls and I poked the corner out to get some live action. But the angle was bad, and the video looked like shit. I pulled it back, started a new recording and stood the whole thing free of the corner and vertical. From where I hid, I could just see the screen, recoding images of her running the bar of soap over her smooth flat belly. Oh yes. But the thing I did not consider was that if the camera could see Christie's belly, then she was facing in its direction. The hand holding the soap dropped to cover her hairless crotch while the other arm snapped up over her breasts. So, my little pervy picture-taker is back for more. And inside my house, she snapped angrily. Get in here, she ordered, busted. Fuck, this was not a bad thing, of course. It was in fact the purpose of the exercise, but I had been feeling competitive. I stepped around the corner, pocketing my phone and drinking her in. She remained under the shower head, entire body a mass of running rivulets of water cascading over her curves. Her hands did little to conceal her, and I was quite sure that that did not bother her. The one nipple that was completely uncovered was stiff as a dowel. Cover your eyes, you jerk! She snapped. I snapped a hand up to my face instinctively, and I left my fingers obviously spread. So were you going to whack off in my hallway, like you did in my yard? Christy asked menacingly. Were you going to leave your sticky spunk all over my wallpaper out there, like you did on my landscaping? She squeezed the breast as she spoke. You wanted me to see your jizz in my yard. You wanted me to know you came looking at me, didn't you? I nodded meekly. I'm surprised you didn't send me a video of you actually jerking off. Or didn't you want me to see what kind of tiny dick you have? She scoffed. Christy knew I do not have a tiny dick. Apparently, we were starting things off from scratch. I could go with that. I just didn't think. Of course you didn't think. Pervs don't think they perv. She went on nastily. Well, now's your chance. Drop your pants and show my how you beat your meat. If your tiny dick is actually big enough to entertain me, maybe I won't call the police on you. Do it. I fumbled at my fly. Shirt first, douche. She snapped. Give yourself at least some chance not to look pathetic. I tugged at my shirt and pulled it off. I dropped it and, glancing nervously at her, resumed unzipping my pants. They dropped to the floor leaving me in just my black boxer briefs, which strained to contain my eager erection. The fabric over my tip was sticky. That shows promise. Drop M. I tugged the underwear down, 
letting my thick six inches pop eagerly free. Maybe I won't be calling the cops, mused Christy. Whack it, perv boy. Show me how you came on my poor alocasia. Honestly, I had a lot better things in mind than jacking off in the middle of a tile floor, out of reach of the heaven on the other side of that shower glass, but this was the game. I reluctantly grabbed my cock and started to pump. I may not have been interested in jacking off, but my cock felt at that point like it was a fine idea. The traitor. Closer. Come closer. Christy demanded. I can't see. That was better. I stepped forward, trying very hard to pretend I was reluctant to do so, still stroking myself, until I stood just on the other side of the glass from her naked form. A form she had definitely begun to forget about covering. She frowned. You are going to make me have to put that bath mat in the wash when you come on it. E.W. She complained. Come into the shower, so I don't have to clean up after your mess. I stepped around the glass and into the steamy space with her, the spray immediately reaching out and hitting me here and there. I was still stroking myself, but only softly. My dick might want me to jack away, but it would have to wait. So now's your chance, you dirty peeping Tom. Christy said, spreading her hands completely away from her body. A close-up look. Is this what you wanted? I nodded and whispered. Yes. Is it all you could have asked for? She said snidely that I stifled a grin. I was not sure how she meant that question, but I know how I was going to answer it. No. I whispered hoarsely. No? That actually surprised her. She straightened her spine and ran her hands over her body, especially her breasts, slick still with sporadic patches of suds. What more could you want than to see this? To touch that, I said, clearing my throat. She laughed. Oh, really? She purred, regaining control instantly. Just like that, you want to touch me too? You just want to reach out. She went on, grabbing my hand from my cock. And touch me like this? She planted my hand firmly on a delicious tit. I immediately massaged it, circling her nipple with my thumb. She kept her hand's grip on my wrist, keeping my fingers in place. Happy now? She scoffed. No, I said, shaking my head and gulping. No? No. I want you to touch me, I said, taking her other hand in mine and placing it around my cock. Like this. Those lovely fingers happily wrapped themselves around my shaft. With soft movements, she ran her grip up and down me gently. We somehow simultaneously took half a step toward each other, ending up inches apart, and both in the warm water coming from all sides. I'll bet this isn't all your pervy mind has thought about doing to me, is it? She whispered to me, our lips so very close. No, I breathed. Then you better show me what you mean, so I can tell what a perv you really are. She growled. What I wanted to do was spin her around, press her face up against the shower wall, tilt up that amazing ass, tuck my cock up between her legs, and give her the aggressive fucking my dick was earnestly lobbying for. What I did was grab the soap from the dish where she had put it and started soaping her whole body. In short order, I had her entire torso covered in thick suds. She pulled the bar from my hand and went to work on me in turn. As the shower sluiced the soap away, I realized that she had a much more powerful water softener than my parents did. Her skin was so deliciously slick as the soap ran away. I might not have the soap anymore, but that did nothing to slow the way I massaged as much of her as I could reach. She was much more focused. Having worked up an incredible lather in her hands, she was rubbing it all into my cock. I felt myself twitching and grimaced. Oh, is little pervy boy going to come so soon? Christy cooed nastily. I'd hate for you to be useless to me if you come too quickly. 
I guess you better be able to rise from the dead, of maybe I'll call the cops anyway. Her hand jacked me relentlessly. I was pretty sure that as long as I was in Christie's naked presence, my cock was going to be good to go on a few moments' notice indefinitely. Let's make it a test. She breathed into my face, her lips agonizingly close. But I sensed I was not to kiss her. Not at this point. Let's see how hard I can make you come, and then we'll see if you are worth keeping around. She sank down to her knees on the smooth tile floor, still working soap onto my shaft. She better rinse that off before she starts with her amazing oral skills, I thought. But instead, she only pulled me against her chest, rubbing my cock against her tits, then nestling it between their soapy mounds. Fuck them. She ground out between clenched teeth. Fuck my titties. Fuck my awesome, expensive titties. Nut on them. Douse them like you doused my foliage. Show me how hot your perving has made you. This was the first titfuck of my life, and let me assure you, I am forever a fan of the procedure. Her warm, wet, slick mounds trapped my cock, pressed together by her hands. My cock promptly, of its own accord, slid between them. The warmth, and the look on her upturned face, water dripping all over it, was incredible. She blinked the spray from her eyes repeatedly, and she could not keep the smile from her gorgeous face, no matter how hard she was trying. It was amazing that IT was also far more than my poor, wildly overstimulated and hungry for days cock could take. In a distressingly short time, I came hard enough to dim my vision. The surging between my legs was incredible and even under the steady stream of hot water, I could see ribbons of jizz all over her chest. I slammed a hand out against the wall to steady myself. Christy only released her grasp on her tits, lifted my spent junk, and sucked it clean briefly. Then she slid elegantly to her feet and sluiced my spunk from her chest. Got more for me? She whispered into my ear, lips brushing my lobe. Thirty seconds. Give me thirty seconds. I replied desperately and optimistically. She giggled and the spell burst. I laughed in return, and in moments she had her arms around me, and I around her. We were practically having to hold each other up. We were laughing so hard. So much fucking hotter. She said softly but vehemently. Oh yes. I replied, taking her sleek jaw in both hands and kissing her as deeply as I could manage under the thundering shower. Our tongues raced to meet. I grabbed her ass, lifting and pulling her against me. After an oxygen-deprivingly long kiss, Christy broke her mouth free of mine. Okay, I need to know, she said merrily. Obviously, you were watching when I cleaned the pool, and it was from behind my poor, cum-stained alocasia. I never saw you that time. I wasn't really even looking that way. She kissed me briefly. Then I did catch sight of you yesterday when I came out still in my work clothes. I wanted to catch you then, but I had errands. Sorry. Any other times? Earlier today, in your bikini. I said. Really? I miss you. You are getting good at this. Not like the rookie who got busted on his first time peeking. She teased. Plus, of course, there was the whole show you put on while I was up on the trellis. I added, she giggled. Doesn't count. That was just a bonus show. They are fun too. Not as fun as fucking with dad's mind. I chortled. He almost shit himself when he realized you heard him. She giggled again. Yeah, but let's not encourage the old goat with thoughts he doesn't need. He's got not time for you, even gorgeous as you are. I replied grimly. He and mom are hot and heavy all the damn time. It's absolutely mortifying. You don't have to tell me. Christy snorted. They aren't exactly quiet when they are fucking in and around your pool. I even hear your mother when they are inside sometimes. 
I looked at Christie in dismay. And I still don't want to give him any ideas about me. I'm still not sure if those two aren't part of the group that plays around with each other in this neighborhood. That's just a joke they keep torturing me with. I said dismissively. Is it? I stared at her. She stared back. Look, I said sternly. I am going to press you up against the wall of this shower, and then I'm going to tongue you until your eyes cross from coming. I'm going to do this now, and with all my attention, or I may never have an erection again. Are we clear? Her eyes widened at how firmly I said that, and she merely leaned back against the tile. And my parents were not swingers. My parents were not swingers. They just were sex maniacs who fucked in the pool I swam in. This was not helping. This pussy was extremely delicious. That that was helping. I lifted one leg and draped it back over my shoulder, spreading her crotch wider so that I could drive my tongue deeper within. She was fresh and clean and practically made my tongue tingle. Her bald pussy rubbed slickly against my face, and I kept plunging my tongue inside her. At the first happy sound she made, I slid my tongue free and circled her clitoris with it instead. I got more happy sounds. I squeezed her small, firm ass with one hand, and slid the other up her inner thigh with what I hoped was agonizing slowness while I kissed and nuzzled all around her mound. Even in the hot water of the shower, her warmth was palpable as my fingers reached her pussy, and two of them slid inside. I slid them up, probing gently for the area of maximum effect. When I found it, to audible acclaim, I wrapped my lips around her clit and sucked gently. That set her off good. Oh fucking hell, yes! She cried. Her hands grasped my sodden hair and yanked my face harder against her notch. Oh yes! Yes! Suck it! She gasped. Then she made some sort of sound I can't quite describe, and sagged back against the wall and down onto my face. I nuzzled her softly and worked her ass with my hand. Please tell me you are hard again by now. She gasped. What do you know I was? Handy that. Now I stood up, spun her around against the tile wall, pressed her face against it, grabbed her ass and tilted it up, slid my cock between her legs, and thrust up and into her, just like I had wanted to do the moment I had stepped into the shower. I was glad I had waited. It was so much better this way. Christy groaned happily as my cock slowly split her open. I was groaning too, just not as loudly. She was yet again deliciously hot and resistant to my invasion, making me work to fully embed myself. At last, my belly was nestled firmly against her upturned little ass. I paused, relishing the moment. I want it hard, Reggie, Christy said into the tile. Hard and fast. I just pushed her shoulder even harder against the wall for a moment, then began to stroke. Each penetration was glorious, a slick celebration of sex. She slammed her hands up against the wall, using them to push her hips back against me. I drove harder and harder, giving her what she asked for, my belly slapping wetly against her backside with each ecstatic thrust. I lost myself in the hard rhythm, soon breathing hard from the effort. Oh! Un! She babbled incoherently, then found her words. You are the best, Reggie! You fucking rule! You know that, right? I should have been flattered. I should have agreed aggressively and fucked her harder. Instead, I asked a little incredulously. Really? Me? I did fuck her harder. I got that part right. Fuck yes. No one had hammered me like this. Oh fuck, filled me like this. Oh, since that rookie outfielder for the Diamondbacks back when I was in college. And you do everything else better than him. Fuck me, Reggie! This glorious, experienced, insanely hot, older woman was stroking my ego as hard as I was stroking her insides 
and her encouragement got the extra effort she was looking for. I lifted her legs clean off the floor and pounded into her. Almost instantly, she screamed in release, babbling again about how I was the best, her whole body shaking. My ego dove straight from my balls and opened the floodgates. I screamed, genuinely screamed at my release. In part because it was so magnificently powerful and all-around amazing, and in part because of the effort it took to keep her lifted fully off the floor. My cum blasted into her in three long stabs of electric convulsion. Unfortunately, my hands, weakened by the orgasm, slipped on her hips. At the same time, my knees buckled. She dropped back to the floor, but her own legs were neither expecting the responsibility, nor very steady themselves. My cock slid free as we both collapsed. We almost kept upright, but my foot slipped on the slick, wet tile and down we both went, somehow managing not to hurt ourselves against the wall or the floor, though I sensed it was a very close call between her knee and my groin that we ended up in a tangle of flesh on the floor, water pouring down onto us from all sides, laughing our asses off. Okay, you really are the best, but I am still taking off a lot of points for that dismount. She giggled. Continue in the next part.